This podcast replay is brought to you by Slowman's Home Security, where you can get a free doorbell camera. The first 40 Big O listeners call 1-800-ALARM-ME and get a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield, and it includes an LED touchscreen, motion detector, three contacts, and backup battery. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Protect your family. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Good morning, one and all. Appreciate all of you out there as always. I love it. You're starting off with a little Orvietto's Awards and more already. Look at that. There you go. I love it. I love it. Today I pick up the uh, plaque that that, uh, we're going to give away, the first uh, trophy that we're going to give away for our shooting contest this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock over at Top Gun Indoor Range. Uh, it is, uh, I would say, like uh, West Kendall, deep West Kendall, right? Somewhere in that area. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be there at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. We're going to have our first shooting contest. And everybody that participates, you know, bring your gun. We'll have some guns there, too, but bring your guns. Everyone that participates in the competition, okay, got to be in the competition. You will get a big O show sure so we'll do that and uh, we'll have some fun on wednesday and we thank orvieto's awards and more they're going to be providing the awards on the show so whenever we have some kind of i want to come up with different kinds of things so we can all get together we're going to have a shooting contest i'd like to get a bowling alley involved because i think uh, if we can all meet at a bowling alley once a month or once every two months or something like that you know, have a little fun, have a get together. I did it in QAM and we did it for like a year. It was, it was actually fun, man. And we would meet, hell, I think that was almost like once a week or once every two weeks. I don't know if anybody watching was one of the, uh, they uh, participated with us. We went to a bowling alley in Broward uh, and we used to do it. I don't know if it was once a week or once every two weeks or something like that, but it lasted for a while and it was fun, man. We had a lot of people and, that's kind of what I, I'd love to do get togethers for our show, you know, so we can kind of meet each other. You know, we always talk and I know some of you live out of town. I know a lot of you live out of town, so it's harder for all of us to get together. But shit, I was hoping, you know, I would be in Vegas, you know, so we could have a Dolphins fans get together. You know, it would be pretty cool, but uh, I got to come up with stuff like that now. And by the way, if if your business wants to be a part of our platform and maybe create these kind of get-togethers once a month or once every quarter or something, uh, we could definitely do that. So reach out. Obviously, we do have a business line, 786-754-4664. So if any of your businesses, if you you want us to go out and broadcast live from your business, 786-754-4664. 754-4664. We can be pretty damn flexible. And we will travel anywhere, locally, nationally, internationally. I am dying to see a sponsor that uh, follows and supports us and wants to fly us out to their business overseas, wherever the hell it's at. I don't care if it's in the Bahamas or if it's in, you know, Brazil, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. We would love to go out there and have some fun and uh, so appreciate uh, your support as always. Ira Winderman 
is going to join us in a couple of minutes. I'm, I'll get into football. There's a lot of stuff I want to get into. Believe it or not, the amount of Dolphins storylines they came out of this weekend is awesome. And we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of Dolphins talk on the show today, which I would never imagine one Dolphins topic. There's a lot of Dolphins topics to talk about. We'll get to that. There's obviously a lot of football that we got to get to um, with the two games and what happened yesterday. Uh, I obviously want to get into a little bit on the Panthers and congratulate the hell out of them. It's nice to see the Heat get back on the winning track. Um, so that that's that's really good. FAU continues their ranked ways. Uh, NSU uh, now trying trying to start another winning streak. So let's hope they are able to continue that. Uh, obviously, I've got uh, entertainment, music news, all kinds of stuff. Last night, by the way, I uh, I went to the Kansas concert, and then uh, and then went to uh, and then I was in backstage, hanging out. And I told you, by the way, that um, what's it called? Um, damn it, what's his name? Uh, Ronnie Platt would be nice enough to sh join us last week on Friday. But Ronnie had some travel stuff going on, so it kind of got a little jumbled. I think we're going to get him Wednesday, okay, because I was talking to the boys there. Kansas is one of those bands that I've had a relationship with for many, many years. So uh, last night we were uh, hanging out and having some fun. I'm a big Kansas fan. That's Ronnie Platt there, the lead singer. And so uh, hanging out with Ronnie last night. And I'm also a fan of a band called um, uh, Shooting Star, which is not a band that a lot of people know. It's kind of a, an under-the-radar band. And Ronnie was one of their singers, actually. So it's like, it's a band that not a lot of people even care about or know or whatever. And uh, and he was one of their singers. So I'll probably have a little a little shooting star question or two for him uh, on Wednesday. But uh, last night, um, Kansas was awesome. Uh, I put on I put on Carry On My Wayward Son on, on our Twitter page at Big O Show. You can check it out there. Uh, but the the set list was great. They did a couple of Elefante tunes, which, you know, that's uh, play the game and fight fire with fire. I, I was actually talking to uh, uh, to Richard Williamson, the the lead guitarist, who's the one the founding member of of the band, and uh, I, I was asking him like, I I don't remember. I have to go back to the Elefante days for you to do two Elefante songs in one set list. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't remember. And and Ronnie hasn't been in the band that long. He's been in the band, I believe, about 15 years or something like that or something. And he, he definitely told me that he he had not done two Elefante songs in one set. So that was cool. And they did the Southwind, which was awesome. So had a really good time last night at the Broward Center. Uh, the acoustics in the Broward Center are just absolutely phenomenal, dude. God, I, that is such a great place to go see a concert, the Broward Center, man. So really, really cool. I, what you know, my one of my bucket list things is I gotta go. I gotta I gotta get a balcony seat in in the in the Broward Center. I think you gotta be like some kind of member or something like that. But I'm dying to. I've gone to so many concerts and then I look up and I see those 
those uh those balcony seats and i'm like i gotta experience that one day just to just to do it you know just once you know but uh cool stuff had a great time last night at the show and uh rocking out a little bit with kansas so that was uh that was a lot of fun all right let's uh switch gears let's get to a little basketball ira winderman let's uh let's get over let's let's talk about the fake three all right they've lost five in a row now they're five and ten in their last 15 games i believe right is it five and ten i believe is it yes five and ten they've lost six in a row now and five and ten in their last 15 games let's uh let's talk a little heat basketball and the fake three with our Acura Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA reports. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. Here's Ira Winderman. All right, Ira. You know, I, uh, I got to tell you something, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a good week. All good. Um, I, you know, I say like the NBA in general, the heat doesn't give a shit about the regular season. Why should I? But yet I find myself sitting there in front of every damn game, torturing myself, watching this stuff. Now it's six in a row. Like I said, they're five and 10 in their last 15 games. I mean, how do you decipher all this crap? Well, you know, it's interesting because before we started our Acura Pembroke Pines report, you, you spoke about a big three and the not big three. This big, was never this was big. never a big three. And and I've always used I use capital letters on the B and the T when I'm talking about LeBron and Dwayne and Bosch or talking about some other teams. Real this, stars. Yeah, Real stars. This, this team has never earned the right for that. Tyler Hero is yet to be an all-star. Bam is a nominal all-star. And Jimmy shouldn't be an all-star because, like you said, he doesn't care about the regular season. So you wind up with a team that's absolutely meandering and muddling. Typically, what they do is they have enough hungry young players who can rally around and make the regular season meaningful. But Jimmy Butler, man, he just wants to get to April. And I got to tell you, they are back in playoff position, play-in position right now. They lost the play-in to Atlanta. Seven and they're tied with Orlando at seven at eight. So really, they're they're on the brink to drop to eight soon because Orlando's going to pass them up. Jesus. Well, they got a game against Orlando coming up in a week or so, so that's going to happen again. So, you know, I can understand you selling yourself on that. Here's my thought on this big O. I believe that this season and this playoff result validates or doesn't validate last season because you have to sustain to show it was real. And I'll give you the example. The Heat went to the bubble in 2020 against the Lakers to the NBA Finals. Everyone talked about, oh, if Dragic wasn't hurt, if Bam wasn't hurt. And then they crapped out the next year's playoffs. First round against the Bucs, lost 4-0 in the first round. And we all doubted whether it was real, whether they needed to do something. See, see here, let me stop you there a second. Because you can't do that either. Because when you're in the moment, it's a lot different than a year later. At In the moment, in the bubble, they were playing amazing basketball. There is something to chemistry, okay? Because Miami wallops or beats San Antonio, and then San Antonio comes back with the revenge year, and they played 
the most beautiful basketball I have ever seen in my life in a series where that ball movement was just magical. And so sometimes you can't compare one season to another, even if it's the same talent, because the talent might have been playing one way one year compared to that the, the following year. So I wouldn't compare the bubble year compared to the following year. The bubble year was that moment. You had to take advantage of it. You were playing with confidence. You were playing with chemistry. You really had it going at that moment. So it's legitimate, legitimate to say if those two were healthy at that moment, just like I can say if Shaq and Wade were healthy that first go around, they kick San and they kick Detroit's ass and they beat San Antonio the way Shaq and Wade were playing that year. But it is what it is. It, 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 but I, I, I think it's kind of unfair to compare in the following year and say, oh, that justifies that last the year before was was a fake. No, that's not true, man. They yeah, were but greatness is also about sustainability. Greatness is also about backing it up. So if you think you had something special, which they did because they not only did almost nothing in the offseason, they actually lost and said, that's OK. We still got Tyler. We still got Jimmy. We still got Bam. We'll be fine. Well, they're not fine. It's not great. I mean, the, the Dallas Mavericks beat the Heat. Were they a great team? Right. No. no. They no. got hot at that moment. That's what I mean. The Heat could have gotten hot. at. They were never a great team, but at that moment, they were playing great. That's and all the I'm thing saying. is you want to have sustainability and show that it's something you can bring back and do it again. That's what the great Spurs team did. Stars. That's what superstars. Yes. That's you what I'm getting to. Superstars. That you don't sustain with this. That's what the Spurs did, whether it was Duncan or Robinson and Ginobili and Parker. That's what the Heat did four straight years in the finals with LeBron, Bosch, and Dwayne. And you see on this team, I think there was almost though an arrogance after getting to the finals. They don't need to do anything. So let's look at the two two players, two veteran free agents they brought in that they thought would plug them, Gabe Vincent and, and, and the Max Drews holes. Josh Richardson didn't play on Saturday in New York. He sort of played himself out of position. Bryant, and for all that Pat Riley said, oh, we have our big man, he's not even a factor now. I mean, they're they're just searching for anything else. They're playing 6-2 guys at power forward instead because that's all they have. It was not a good free agency for the Heat. It was saved a bit by Jaime Hawkins Jr. coming in at number 18. That helped. Maybe yeah. Terry Rozier helps also. At least they recognize that. But right now, when you look at the talent of the Heat, and you look at the talent of the Sixers, and rather of the Pacers, and you look at the talent of the Cavs, and you look at the talent of the Knicks, if you're saying one through three in some order are Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, I think right now we'd have to be honest with ourselves, Big O, and say four through six in some order are the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Pacers, which yeah. means you're playing for the play-in, which means you're playing with fire. And I think it would be hard to believe, Heat fan, even you, Big O, for you to make an argument for me how the Heat right now have more going for them than the Knicks, than the Pacers, than the Cavaliers, unless Julius Randle's out an extended period with that shoulder injury. Right, yeah, no, they, they don't, uh, unfortunately. And and you kind of touched on it. Um, it was a blessing and a curse what they did last year. It was a blessing that you went all the, you came from nowhere to get to the finals. But it's a curse now because it's the worst thing that could happen to a guy like Jimmy Butler who doesn't care about the regular season. And he says, you see, I don't need the regular season. I can just coast and then we'll work our way through it. And I think that that has become also a bit of a cancer for them because they can now use that as an example last exactly. year. And that is 
not really a, a good example to use because, like I told you just before, I'll go the other way. It, it's the same thing. You can't compare one year to the next because just because you did it last year and everything went your way doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it again this coming season. And so that, to me, is has become a little bit of a of a problem for them because, you know, it was a great accomplishment. Now it's like a crutch. The great teams, everything doesn't have to go their way. The Heat could be uneven at times with the big three. They still got to the finals every single year. That's the difference. The Lakers could have all their, you know, quibbling, whatever you want to call it, between Shaq and Kobe. They still found a way because greatness finds a way. This team had to use every last ounce for two months from April through May into June to get to last year's finals. They don't have that right now. The Jimmy Butler thing is concerning, though, for this reason, Big O. We know the regular season doesn't count for him. But still, last year during the regular season, he was playing at an all-star level. When we had this point last year, a year ago, the February 1st cutoff for determining all-star reserves, we had Jimmy in the, in the, in the sort of area there where you said, well, is he an all-star, is he not? Jimmy's not close to an all-star this year. If you're no. rating the top players in the Eastern Conference based on play from the first half of 2023-24, Jimmy's probably outside the top 30 and maybe even well beyond that. So it's not like he's telling you. You're not looking at Jimmy right now and going, oh, but if he does that, then we'll be fine. We haven't seen the that moment. We saw it briefly in Brooklyn. The only game that they've won before this losing streak started, and even then his great fourth quarter – required overtime to beat what's becoming a very bad Nets team right now. So that's the thing. To me, leadership also is setting an example. Jimmy right. is not playing as a leader now. They knew that when they didn't name him captain. The last thing Eric Spolster wanted to do was he name Udonis Haslam's successor as some guy who plays a lot of I-don't-care games. That's right. why he gave the job to Bam. I wrote about it on my Ask Ira today. Bam was crushed after the loss in New York. And Jimmy was joking in the locker room. Two disparate personalities right now. Yeah, and, and but see, nah, see, I, I don't buy that shit with Bam. I'm sorry, dude. I'm I sorry. Disagree. You you took fucking ten shots, bro. The game's on. He was doubled, and then mixed at the paint, and that's how they play against him. You've lost five in a row. Take over, bro. Take over. Get pissed off. Be a mother effer. I am so tired of this with Bam. That's why he's a super role player, dude. He's a server. He's a follower. He's not a leader. You can't sit there in the locker room and then say, oh, I'm I'm, I'm down this. You took 10 shots, dude. You took 10 shots. I'm sorry. You don't impose your will. You refuse to do it. And that's my problem with Bam. There was a question I was going to tell you because I'm watching that game and I'm like, look, at one point or another, you have to just say, F everybody. I'm taking over and that's it. And and it's just not in him. It's just passive Bam. He had some moments at the beginning of the season where he was trying to be aggressive and he's just back to being the same guy that just waits for an opportunity instead of, Brother, give me some Alonzo morning. Like, you will not be denied. Do me something like that. Come on, man. I know you're not going to be this incredible post player, but let's go. Come on. Do something, man. Be, get pissed off. 
try to dominate. Be the guy that you, you just say, I want to take over. And it's just not in him at all. It's Tom crazy. Thibodeau's great defense, and their point against Bam has always been to double him and take the ball out of his hands. And it's interesting, Big O, because the very factors you and I were just talking about play into that. If Jimmy's not playing like an mf and getting to the foul line and setting for jumpers, you don't have to double him. If Tyler is going on in the midst of a chuckathon, you let him chuckathon all he wants, and you let him get his shots. If Terry Rozier is coming in and shooting 4 of 12, you don't prioritize him. So the Knicks looked at that game and said, hey, who gives a crap here? Oh, that 13 in the middle gives a crap. We're going to double him and do everything possible to get the ball out of his hands because, as you said as we started our Accurate Pembroke Pines report, the Heat are not playing like a big three. A big three is an interlocking, meshing group of guys whose skill sets fit each other. Right now, you're having a Heat team, and you can look at the schedule all you want and what they're doing. But no, you're not schedule. I ain't looking at schedule. I'm looking at 10 shots, 14, 13, 17, 15, 13, 17, 17, 17. He really likes 17. 16, 12, 19, 14, 17, 13, 13, 15, 14. It ain't Tom Thibodeau. It's him. It's him. He's not the dog. He I doesn't think, want the ball. He doesn't demand the ball. That's he, the problem with him. Is he not a superstar? He's not a superstar. Is he an all-star? He's a borderline all-star. We'll find that out Thursday. I've been telling you all that for a while now. Not a franchise player. Not a superstar. Yeah, he can be an all-star. Of course he can be an all-star. Double, double machine. Yeah. That doesn't take much to be an all-star. He can be an all-star, but he is not a franchise player. He's just not. And, and no, in order and no to one make, ever said he was big three, you must be a franchise. And especially, you know what? Let me correct myself. In the 90s, where points were a premium and you're scoring 90 every night, Bam is a superstar. Bam is a superstar back in the 90s. And, I, and, I, and I'll go with all that. Big up, but what you're really saying is, he's not. Is, he a lead, is he a leading man? He's not. And let's do it this way. When we talk about the Boston Celtics, and I, I just ask you, I think you can answer these questions, so I'm going to go right to you. When you think of the Boston Celtics and their superstar, what one player do you automatically go to? Tatum. Jason Tatum, fine. When you think of the Milwaukee Bucks and their one superstar, who do you Giannis. automatically go to? Giannis. When you think of the Philadelphia 76ers and think of their superstar, who do you automatically go to? Embiid. Joel Embiid. And a matter of fact, now, I'm going to take it a little bit further here. When you think about the star of the Indiana Pacers now, with the way he's grown into a star, who do you think of? I mean, maybe it's not in the tip of your tongue, but Tyrese Halliburton has yeah, become that kind of player. So although, you think of him. Yeah, they, they just traded for a pretty damn good they player. Did, but they did to augment Tyrese Halliburton. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. Win or lose, wherever they go, the Cleveland Cavaliers are riding the coattails of Donovan Mitchell. For whatever it's worth, they have their guy. Now we're seeing in New York, the real alpha there is Jalen Brunson. God yeah. bless Julius Randle. Jalen Brunson is an MFer. So yeah. the point I'm making is, when you think of the Miami Heat, who do you think of? And the name you're probably going to tell me is Jimmy Butler. But Only. unlike those six players, he doesn't give a rat's butt about the regular season. Jalen Brunson, it matters. Tyrese Halliburton with his 40-point games, it matters. Matter of fact, he doesn't always really show up every game. I love the Ananobi uh, trade for them. I thought it was 
a perfect complement. Because you're supporting your superstar. Yeah. You you have, you have identified your superstar and you're supporting your superstar. And that's the difference. Even the Sixers, he doesn't show up every night, but everything is built around Joel Embiid, which is why they're probably better without Harden because they've identified their guy. So how do you do this, Big O? How do you say my superstar is Jimmy Butler and on April 14th he's going to show up? But what the F do you do before April 14th, April 15th? That's the problem for the Heat. And I think Jimmy Butler needs to give us some go time now before it goes too far south. He doesn't and I'm give still a not so sure that's on his priority list. And I'm yeah. still not so sure that Jimmy Butler won't be saying, hey, come the playoffs, we're going to be a 500 team, but then I'm going to get going. He tried that in 2021, and he got swept out of the first round by the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so let me ask you, and I don't know sure. if you can be honest on this. Sure. Because I'm sure people have, have have told you something, but maybe again, because I've been in that position, they tell you, hey, but you can't say anything about this. Okay, this is the irony of this whole shit. We talk about Jimmy being a heat guy. Well, actually, he's not really a heat guy. Playoff heat guy. Okay. All right, so let, we 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 have to put a caveat to how we how we call call him as it, but he's really not a heat person. Absolutely, a heat employee. I want you to know this because you know this, and I know this because I've been inside too. A heat employee, a heat player, a heat coach, a heat executive is the same shit. Everybody in that organization works at one hundred percent every single moment of every single day they want to be the best i don't give a shit if it's Pineda or mccullough or anybody else in that organization the pride that those employees the executives the people in that building they have so much pride in what they do you just go to the family found family uh what's that called uh, family fest you just go to that shit and you're gonna see it ooze out when we talk culture, okay, that's the number one organization I ever think about. If I ever wanted to work a regular job, that's the freaking organization I want to work for because everybody top to bottom has the same freaking attitude. It is a phenomenal attitude. It is a phenomenal attitude. They want to work hard. They want to provide everything. And there's only one guy, and the guy that's paid the most in that organization does not want to try. This has got to eat at freaking Riley's liver and Eric Spolstra and Mickey Harrison and everybody that's part of that organization because they don't know how to take a moment off, much less 82 freaking games, dude. This has got to be driving them crazy. They've got to be – they don't tell him that, but I'm sure it's got to kill them, Ira, because that does not represent – anything about that organization and that's why your highest paid player is not your team captain and that's why a player who's seven years younger than your highest paid player is your team captain because big o if there was a full buy in there he would be the captain it would be undeniable a matter of fact there was a year along the way when the buy-in was so strong you remember this from goran dragic they named him a co-captain. He came back from Slovenia, won the Euro Cup. He was all in on every single moment. And they said, we have to honor that commitment because Goran, how many times a season in a regular season game did Goran crack his teeth? That guy lost more chiclets than a hockey player because that's how he approached every game. 
There was a time when James Johnson was black belt James Johnson and was giving his all, maybe making some horrendous plays, but putting it all on the line. They named him a co-captain. How interesting is it when you go through the lineage to see guys like James Johnson and Goran Dragic and some of the other guys as captain and never Jimmy Butler? And that tells you something. This is a guy who has led you to a pair of NBA Finals deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs. And when they make that decision from a leadership standpoint, that also is part of the problem with Kyle Lowry. He's going to show up when he wanted, not show up when he didn't want. And you get that. And this, I think, is the hardest thing in any business. When you have an employee who's incredibly talented, but doesn't necessarily follow the company blueprint, we see this everywhere. But if he's that talented, you put up with it and you deal with the BS. And we see it in football. We see it in hockey. We see it in all these sports where you say, hey, that guy is not of them. But damn, he's so good. He gets away with it. That's where Jimmy Butler is right now. Jimmy Butler is not heat culture. Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler culture. His big face coffee is his endorsements, his Mick Light commercials, his all of that Mick Ultra. That's who he is. But you know what? Big O, where would the heat have been the last five years? Oh, no, I Jimmy Butler. can't deny that. There, there's no, and that's why they tolerate it. But, but, but behind the scenes, it's got to eat them alive because it goes against everything that they stand for and and you got a lot of season ticket holders that have got to be I agree. pissed oh off. i i agree and you i'll tell I- you why i'm gonna matter of fact, just let me interrupt you here for a second i oh. approach sports this way always that every single game there were first time fans there were dad can you take me to a game we're going to circle this game we're going to go and for that kid and for that family that's the biggest game of the season. You did a big O. You went to ball games as a kid. You couldn't go to every game. So you baseball stadium. Maybe those the, those were kind of my my uh, when I was a kid because I didn't have that other right. stuff growing up. You know, yeah. I'm saying you would go to a game and you'd hope to see the best of your team, not load management or doesn't care or is not playing the second night of a back to back. I think that's the most maddening thing about sports because I remember when I was a kid. And I circled those 10 Mets games I was going to. And for $1.75 sitting in general admission, to me, that was the biggest game of the season, even though they were playing the Padres. Well, what's happening in sports now is teams and players are circling. This matters. This matters. This doesn't matter. And the fans get screwed in the middle of it. It's almost like I'd like to be able to go to Ticketmaster and saying, I'd like to buy a ticket to the next regular season game that Jimmy Butler cares about. And then have Ticketmaster do the research with their AI intelligence and let me know when that might be, if it might be. That's the problem right now is you're selling me 41 home games when even you can't tell me you're going to give me your best product. You give me your best production. You mentioned Michael McCullough and what they do with the arena. They'll do that. They'll give you bells and whistles and t-shirt cannons and Bernie and heat dancers and golden oldies and all that stuff. But yet they can't guarantee that player A, their number one guy, will give you the A-plus effort. That's kind of a hard thing right now with the regular season. That's why I could see a lot of people tuning out during the regular season because if it doesn't matter to them, why should it matter to you? Right, exactly. And and I, I remember, man, I'm, I, I would go every year to the Miami Baseball Stadium when the tickets went on sale. My dad would get the Orioles-Yankees tickets because sure. he was a Yankees guy. I would get the Orioles-Phillies tickets because I was a Phillies guy. And man, if I didn't if I didn't go to the park and didn't see Mike Schmidt take a couple of swings, sure. I was depressed for the rest of the day after that. You know what I mean? So it's uh it's one of the things that that's important. And then the other thing, you know, like I, I talked about uh, when I'm watching the game, like 
if Jimmy's only going to try at times, and look, he came back and he, he played a great game. He scored, what, 28 points, I think it yeah. was, right? Yeah. He, 28 points, eight rebounds, three steals he played. Yeah, but it, was the, the, it was the garden on national TV, a game that right. mattered. But the problem is what you want is for, for the team. So if your star doesn't bring urgency every night, so your team plays with urgency every night, it's kind of an off-balance thing. They're like, oh, oh, Jimmy's playing hard tonight. It's a Jimmy night. Oh, I missed it. I didn't get the memo. Yes. I, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, you know, it just doesn't really help the team when you're right. on and off like that. And look where you're at right now, man. It's yep. just it's a, it's a real shame uh, the way it's headed. All right. So will you change anything once you get Hakez back? Because for me, I – I, I'm I'm tired of feelings already. I want Hakez in there and not tired. Yeah, well, obviously, one thing already started. Tired of feelings. Josh Richardson was shuffled out of the mix. God bless him. He's a heat lifer. He's been here second stint. You got to win. I still think the one move that has to happen and will not happen because of politics and all that is Tyler Hero to the bench. This Jimmy Tyler Bam dynamic does not work. And Jaime will be more differential, differential, even though he's not the three point shooter that Tyler is, and your spacing will be affected. But I, you know what? I'm just waiting for this big O. When is Eric Spolster saying enough is enough? Is it tonight against Phoenix? Is it after they lose to the Suns? Is it Wednesday against the Kings? Is it after they lose to the Kings? Is it Friday? God, don't lose to Washington. Is it when they play the Wizards? But you know what? If this matters, like you and I have been talking in our Acura Pembroke Pines report here for the last 20 minutes that this should matter, then I think Eric Spolster has to say, screw the feelings. Tyler, former sixth man of the year, go do it again. Jaime, you were really good in the starting lineup. Learn from Jimmy Butler. Get it done. Caleb, you were great in the playoffs. Play like that again. You're a power forward. Boom, go time. I think Eric Spolster doesn't want to do something too dramatic to show desperation. But when you lose six in a row, aren't you sort of at the point of desperation? No, they're five and ten. They're not, they've not just lost six in a row. They're last five month. over the last month. Ten. Yeah. yeah. I that's bad, Ira. Come on, dude. Five and ten. Yes. That is. Come on. No way. You got to do something. You got to shake this thing up. I'm sorry. Sure. And with the feelings already, man. All right. What are you working on? And by the way, does it does it help that the Suns freaking lost the yeah. magic? When they, when they come off a loss, I go, damn, they are screwed tonight. Remember, they lost to the Suns when they didn't have Durant in Phoenix. So right. now they're going to have Durant and Beal and Booker. So, yeah. It's going to make it all the more challenging. Jokic is out, right? That's the only person. That's yeah, out. he got hurt the other night. It's a it's a questionable kind of injury. I think a thumb. So we'll see what happens tonight. All right. What else are you working on? You know, I wrote a story today, posted at SunSentinel.com in a newspaper tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Lowry is going to either be traded or get a buyout from the Hornets, and I think he very much could come back and really stick it to the Heat one more time because I think he's going to go. To, he could go to the Sixers. He could oh. go to the Knicks. And the one thing about Kyle is. I think he will get motivated to sort of make a point that you sold on me too early. So I think it's going to be fascinating. I think Kyle Lowry winds up somewhere in the Eastern Conference playoff race, which is as a part-time bit player, not the role yet here, but playing behind a Brunson, playing behind a Maxi. I think he might be a playoff factor. So I think where Kyle winds up could yet play into the Heat's play-in or playoff hopes. I think he ends up in a drive-thru near his house somewhere. Anyway, follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat and catch his exceptional work. Better yet, subscribe to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Ira, as always, thank you, my friend. We will catch up next week. Catch you in our next accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O. You got it.
There he is, Ira Winderman and Acura Pembroke Pines, baby. They've got it going on right now, 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 and Pines. And the customer appreciation sales event is going on right now at the number one volume sales dealership in the United States and the new 2024 Integra. Have you seen it? Man, that thing is sharp. Check out the other, the, the Integra with the sports package. That thing is at another level. But the Integra right now, $329 a month. And again, the TLX 2023, we've got some left there, $399 a month. The 2024 RDX, $459. And the 2024 MDX, $499 a month. And check out the, the uh, selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. It is a large selection. You will be impressed. And go see Mike Chan and Jordan Ferber in the service center. They are outstanding people. And if you happen to own or lease an Acura, no better place to get it serviced than at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's in Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Bitcoin is hanging around $42,000, so that's good to know. And it's very good to know. I like it. 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 What else is going on? Anything? Van Chain slightly up. Okay. Not moving much. Right now the market's kind of and right now the market's kind of stale. The stock market. It is in the red and not by much. Dow's down just 17 points. SP's down a point and a half. The NASDAQ is down about three quarters of a point, so it's not much. It's uh, one of those, uh, what do we call it? A flat day is what we'll, we'll call that you know, overall, but that's good. And what I like is that it doesn't look like Grayscale is dumping a lot of Bitcoin today, so that's really good. It looks like the major dumping is over, and now we should start to, uh, to see some climbing. I think we'll see some climbing this week. As, uh, as things turn around a little bit. We got the Swifty Bowl is set. All right. The Swifty Bowl is set now. How about that? Little Kansas City and San Francisco. Pretty much what I expected. I, uh, I took you. I told you guys once it went to three and a half, I took Kansas City. I saw four. I doubled it up. I saw four and a half and I tripled that shit. And I'm like, you, you're going to give Pat Mahomes points. It, that's what you're telling me. Okay, let's go. And and I, so somebody got it at five. Somebody told me they got it at five. A friend of mine he goes, no, no, dude, I got it at five. And I was like, wow, all right. that's I must have missed it that it went to five. I don't know if some of you ended up getting it at five. God bless you. I would have added even more to the bet at five. Because it was just like, oh, you're going to keep adding a half a point. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. I mean, that that becomes the, the easiest bet in the world. Okay? I get Pat Mahomes and points. I get the best player in all of pro football. And you're going to give me points. Let's go. Let's do it. 
I'm I'm all in for that shit. You 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 give me slices and slices of that pizza. Uh, I'm all in. And so we got it. The Swifty Bowl is set. The Niners are favored by one over and under is 47 and a half. Niners are minus 118 on the money line and Kansas City is minus 102 on the money line. So it's pretty much um, even uh, this uh, this uh, Super Bowl. And I will be going for the Chiefs. Uh, I will be not going for it, but betting the Chiefs in this game. I will take them. I'm, I'm going to go with the best player in all of pro football, and their defense is badass. You know? So we got a lot of things to talk about today. I mean a crap ton of stuff to talk about today on the program, okay? There's a lot. Uh, by the way, do want to remind you, Cutter's Edge Pro, William Quigley, and the great people at Cutter's Edge Pro, please go to their Instagram page, Cutter's Edge Pro. Check out a lot of the work that they do there. If you're looking for tree trimming, landscape, synthetic turf, irrigation, outdoor lighting, you name it, home, HOA complex, business, and as most of you know, when you or maybe some of you don't even know this, but once you add landscaping, you also add the value of your of your house goes up instantly. So you want to do that. Plus, man, it's hot. It's hot. Do you want to hang out in your backyard and la add landscaping, add trees, add shade? Now, I, we've got a Sylvester tree in the backyard that it instantly drops 15, 20 degrees. When you're hanging out under it, you know, and it's getting bigger and bigger. So it's it's uh, covering even more. And we got some palm trees now on the sides that are growing. And that's going to be awesome because that's adding more and more shade. And that's kind of what you want, man. You want to you want to create kind of an oasis in your backyard so you have more shade and you know, it kind of gets hot out there. So you want to make it a little bit more comfortable, you know, for the dogs, for for yourself so when you're cooking and hanging out outside cranking up the music like we do you know you want to feel comfortable out there call the people at cutter's edge pro and ask for william quigley or ask for mike great people 954-472-0622 that's 954-472-0622 and tell them that big o sent you remember wednesday wednesday is our shooting contest and we got our first trophy. Who's going to win the trophy? Who's going to win the trophy? Let's go. AI scoring and everything. Meet us at Top Gun Wednesday, 7 o'clock. And we got some prizes and giveaways, too, at the same time. All right? So we'll have some fun there uh, in the process. All right, let me do a little, uh, a little roll call. Let's get a little roll call. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo. At Cash Big O Show, that is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. And uh, True Fin Fan, I see, is uh, number one in. And Kyle Cockrell, Crypto Fins, Campbell is McDaniel. We'll get into that. Raul Porrata Por Por says, Big O told you about Lamar. Well, you know, that's uh, kind of how it goes. Uh, Mr. Spock says, good morning, everybody. Lamar, no bueno in the pocket. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brian Walters, big O, I told my nephew and my friend to bet Chiefs straight up with 
no points plus at halftime of the Lions game. I said, if they were giving San Francisco points, take them. Yep, exactly. Live betting, isn't it the, isn't it the best? Um, Lewis uh, says, tight end one, priority. McDaniel has to get his team disciplined, too. Once you have the lead, run the ball, kick field goes three. Hopefully we can re-sign Win Williams, and Hunt. Steve Chapman is in the house. Lamar and Tua had the same number of touchdowns against Kansas City. Oh, but we want Lamar because he runs. He's such a great quarterback because he runs. Anyway, Castro Nostra, Brooklyn Rob. Big O on the money with Lamar assessment. He could not handle the blitz. Did not help Zay Flowers was a knucklehead. Yeah, yeah. Poor Zay Flowers. That was a bad play for him. Uh, Jamie Zoria is in San Jose. Hoping everybody had a great weekend. Yes, sir. Reminding everybody to smash that like button. Hit it. Ray Sosa is in. Miles deep. Joseph says, big leading with Campbell is a moron. Thanks for making me laugh. I needed that this morning. Big O, you're right. He should have taken the point. Of course. Of course. Of course. We'll get into that. Uh, Joseph Zay Flowers picked the absolute worst time to be an idiot. Yeah, I mean, and then karma sets in. So you taunt him, and the same guy you taunt is the guy that forced the fumble. Play the game right, kid. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And as always, you can make a Bitcoin donation. You know that that makes me happy because we're friends for life when you make a Bitcoin donation because it's going to continue to give perpetually. It's a beautiful thing. That's the, that's like that. When you give me a Bitcoin donation, you're like giving me something that is the gift that keeps just giving and giving. And that, that shows that you have a heart. Like, like an enormous heart. Like you're giving me a gift that's going to continue to give and give and give. That's that's strong on your part, and we love you for that. Jeff in Long Island is out there. Sneak Attack 305, Weapon X United, Chad, Matt of 1,005 Holes, Lisa Rose, One-Eyed Jack. Uh, Lisa says, my heart breaks for Lions and their fans. Dan, the Cowboy Campbell, blows the season for his team. What a dope. And he says he doesn't regret it. Yeah. Jay Gelfin is in. Um, just a, a ton of you. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Coach AJ, thank you for the love on the super chat. Good morning. Oh, was there ever this much QB talk back in the day via radio newspaper? Who's the lead? Who's not? Who's overrated? No. Do you know why, Coach AJ? Because we couldn't hear from you. I used to do radio shows where you only got phone calls or we started to add a fax. Okay. And Jamaican Paul. Okay. I doubt Jamaican Paul is watching, or maybe somebody remembers from the from the QAM days. Jamaican Paul was the mad faxer. He would fax every host, right? And you could send in a fax with a question, a comment, or something like that. So we barely heard from you. We never got to hear from the fans unless you called in less than 2% of the people that listen to sports talk radio call in and less than 2%, right? And the part of those less than 2% are a bunch of chronics. So it's very few people that call into a radio show ever. 
So we never heard from you. That's the thing, Coach AJ. That's now everybody's got a voice because you go on social media. You go on Blue Sky and and uh, and 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 what's it called? Uh, Twitter, X, whatever, Facebook, Instagram, um, threads, you know, all that, you know, Reddit, whatever. You get to go all over the place and and expose yourself and talk about it. And then sometimes people's regular tweets go viral and it's not just your group of friends that find out all of a sudden other people retweeted 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 and all of a sudden it goes so then an opinion you had lots of people find out about it the world is a lot different the chatter was probably going on but it was at the water cooler it was at the barber shop it was at the park you know the stuff where where guys hang out and guys talk about hey you saw what happened yesterday that's why. So I'm sure the talk was going on, but it was amongst yourselves. Now it's different because now you can just throw it out in public and you can get onto a thread and you can. And so now you can start chatting with people all over the world that you've never chatted with. So it becomes a much bigger thing. Thank you, by the way, sir, for the uh, for the donation, as always, Coach AJ. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me check uh, Cash App or Venmo cash big o show that is cash big o show cash app or venmo chris fanzini thank you for the venmo cash big o show is the address cash big o show the four teams that played yesterday clearly has better players and coaches besides fourth down calls and not kicking the field goal uh yes yes and there's one ingredient also missing uh ohio john how you doing my man hope you and the wife are doing great my friend uh, a guy I would like to see as DC for the Dolphins is Lovey Smith. Do you have any insight as to why his name doesn't come up around the league anymore? Yeah, he's he's been connected with college now for a while. And so, yeah, Lovey's kind of out of the mix. So I, I don't think they're going to go Lovey Smith. I think they're going to go younger than that. You know, it, we also get to the point where age becomes a factor, my brother, you know. Look at Bill Belichick. Yes, too old, too set in his ways. You kicked Fangio out, too old, too set in his ways. So let's uh, let's talk about there's a lot of Dolphins talk, okay? Like so much stuff that happened this weekend. And, and I'm just like watching it and I'm going, oh my God, we can weave this in here. We can talk about this. This sets an example. This is another thing that we can talk about. So first of all, let's talk, let, let's, let's get into coaching because one of the things that I think is misunderstood constantly is who's at fault right and a couple years ago uh when Tua was having his first two years with flow a lot of you were picking on Tua, ton of you and you were all wrong and i told you you were wrong constantly at that moment you thought you were right you thought i was wrong and then i kept telling you they have no coaching they have no play design they have no offensive line. They have no running game. They they only have one receiver. So it's hard for Tua to succeed, yet he still succeeded. 
He still won more than he lost. He still threw more touchdowns and interceptions, okay, in the worst environment. And injured at times, too, because he was playing with a rib and, and a finger and all that kind of stuff. And many of you didn't give a shit. You just ripped into the kid when it had nothing to do with him, had to do what's around him. A lot of times it has to do with what's around you that's going to affect who you are. And we've talked about this. Marino, you can watch him with Shula or you can watch him get destroyed with Jimmy Johnson. No running game again. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his one-yard touchdowns. He traded away Irving Fryer. He got rid of Byers and Kirby. He took away the audibles. He, he neutered Marino. Okay, Marino still played well, just like Tua still played well under, under flow, but it, it just wasn't the perfect environment. Just like if you look at Jared Goff with the Rams, they kind of used him in a way that they said, don't, don't F it up, kid. Okay, we have enough talent around you, this, that. In Detroit, they taught him to be more of a quarterback on his own and win games. And I know, you know, yesterday he, he might have missed a couple throws, but he's turned into a heck of a player and a good quarterback now, much better than he was with the Rams. Better coaching. You can say whatever you want about Sean McVay, but apparently Ben, ben Johnson, right, Ben – whatever the Ben guy from uh, the Detroit Lions is a better quarterbacks guy than Sean McVay's. I saw Steve young in Tampa Bay. And then I saw him in San Francisco. You understand? Uh, I watched uh, rich Gannon bounce around the league. And then he found his way with the Raiders, but he was inconsistent with the Minnesota Vikings and with the Kansas city chiefs. And he became an MVP with the Raiders, you know, uh, too many people lose sight that sometimes the player needs the right environment in order to thrive in order to be the best that they can be. They need the right environment. If they're a smallish end and you keep playing him in a four, three, and he can't hold that point, that's your fault that you keep playing. And it's not the player's fault. He's trying but you've got him out of place. So yesterday, you watch the game. Do you watch the games? Do you actually watch the games? Okay. So what do I tell you all the time about what Lamar is? He's a running quarterback. He's not a radio quarterback. He's not a passer. He's a thrower. That's what he is. And if you can't run, he can't be effective. So whether you chose not to run or you got stifled early on, but you gave up on the run, you gave up on the run, and that quarterback can't save you with his arm. But by the way, the funniest shit watching that game was listening to the announcers beg for a interference call on a ball that was thrown 10 yards away from the player. Over and over again, he overthrows these people badly. And, uh, you know, even with likely in the end zone, that guy was kind of interfering, but there was a safety in front that likely, whether he was interfering or not, he never had a shot at the ball because it was so poorly thrown that that guy was going to catch it. Or the one that was thrown out of bounds, there was a little bit of contact, but there was no way that ball was ever going to be catchable. 
So it was funny listening to what was it Romo or whoever it was, those clowns like wadding and well maybe there was interference, brother. That that ball was so badly thrown there was nothing. I don't know how many balls he overthrew yesterday downfield, but it was a shitload. It was like five. That's Lamar Jackson. So you're a stupid coach, John Harbaugh, because you didn't stick to the run. Listen to this. So the team rushes Lamar Jackson and the team. They rushed for 81 yards on 16 carries, 5.1. A little skewed because Lamar Jackson was 8 for 54, 6.8, and he had that one big run, right? So overall, I was kind of a little misleading, but Gus Edwards was 3 for 20, 6.7. Why didn't you run him more? You, you don't have a quarterback that can carry you with his arm. Lamar Jackson could never do that. Is he once or twice a season or something like that going to have a hot night? Yeah, he's going to do that because he's an athlete. I keep explaining that to you all. Well, did you watch the game yesterday? Okay, let's see. What were his two biggest plays? One, he was almost sacked. He escaped from a sack, got out of it, and threw the bomb for the touchdown. Okay, you're not going to make a living like that escaping they pressured his ass like you're supposed to and they got after him and he couldn't handle the pressure as always and then was his second play a deflection another negative play but he is a freak of an athlete and he runs to go catch it two fluke plays off athleticism that's all it is it's not anything more than that you know, but when you need a pure passer, you're not going to get that from Lamar. Once or twice a season, you can come back at me and say, hey, oh, you see this game? He did it great. Yeah, problem is he can't do it in every game. See, Mahomes does it in every game. Real quarterbacks can do it in every game. They can be accurate in every game. He can't. So you're a moron, and you don't run the ball. Now, the Chiefs, they ran the ball. They ran the ball a lot. And guess what? They ran the ball, and they had no success running the football. They were averaging like, let me see. I'll tell you right now. They were averaging, I want to say, like two yards a carry or something like that. I thought I wrote it down here, but my chicken scratch is so uh, screwed up. That I uh did okay. They ran it 32 to Baltimore 16 for 89 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. But they kept running. You have Pat Mahomes, but you kept running. You kept them honest. It, it Pacheco had 24 for 68 for 2.8. He wasn't effective, but he was serviceable. And he kept them honest. They weren't going to allow you to just tee off. Stupid coaching. Stupid coaching. Catch you. I, I really commend Todd Munkin a lot this year because he kept things really simple for Lamar. Right? And, and it helped him. Right? But you, you did a Ken Dorsey. You thought Josh Allen can be a pure passer. And no, you got to do what Brian Dable and Joe Brady do. He's a runner. And that's the dumb part on my part when I said, oh, he's taking too many hits. You can't allow that. 
Oh, that's really the only way he can play. It's the only way Lamar can play. You're stupid, John Harbaugh and company. Um, I'll give you stupid, Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy Reid. First half, you're leading 14-7, and you have a, a fourth and one, and you go for it. You're on their uh, 16, 18-yard line, something, something like that, and you go for it. That was stupid. You should have taken the three points there. Take the three points. I'm not exactly sure what this effing disease is, but take the points. The reason why Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, the reason why Jordan Love and you morons out there, oh my God, Jordan Love or Tua, no, dickhead. They're running the football. 30-something times a game with Aaron Jones. Why do you think why do you think Green Bay hung with San Francisco, you idiots? Because they ran the football. It wasn't because Jordan Love was amazing. He threw two interceptions in that game. One really dumb interception. And that's what you want to keep him from doing. And that's why you run the hell out of the football. Balance. Because every quarterback, including Pat Mahomes, needs it. Dan Campbell, two field goal attempts he passes up yesterday and loses the game and then says he doesn't regret it. Whether you're Andy Reid in the first quarter, first half, which could have cost you the game by, a, by passing up, you're, you're on the road, leading by seven, against the guy that is not good at coming back in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson cannot come back from deficits. It's really hard for him because he's not a passer. And if they're not dominating on the ground, the Ravens ain't shit offensively. Take the three points, Andy. Dan Campbell, take the six points, you freaking moron. And the Brendan Staley guy did this stupid shit all the time. And guess who also does this stupid shit all the time? Mike McDaniel gives up on the run like John Harbaugh did and refuses to take three points when it's there because he thinks he's got a fucking gunslinger at quarterback. Stupid coaching. Mike McDaniel, brother, you're number number two. I'm going to give Dan Campbell number one, but you're number two at stupid-ass coaching is what I see all over the league. And now it's ignorant coaching. Now you won't take the three because you think it's analytics. No, it's common sense, moron. Whether you're Andy Reid in the first half, those three points could have cost you everything, dude. Take the points. Stay with the run. Mike McDaniel, my brother, I thought about you the entire Sunday. 
because you do the same stupid fucking shit all the time, dude. You give up on the run. You play Tua like he's Marino. You idiot. You pass up field goals, you moron. The, the, the stupid shit that I watch yesterday is the stupid shit that I watch every Sunday with Mike McDaniel. I'm tired of the stupid shit. I've tolerated it for two years. Don't give it to me next year. Okay, I will make every volcano in Iceland look like nothing. Okay, they will look like true Finn fans, strong farts when I'm done with it. Okay, so I keep watching stupid shit out there, and it's the same stupid shit my head coach does all the time. Mike, I like you, brother. You got a fantastic mind. You have no discipline, none whatsoever, and you lack common sense. Tua is not Marino, not Elway, not Joe Burrow, not Mahomes. You can't play him like that. You must stick to the run like you need most quarterbacks in the NFL Need the run, even Pat Mahomes. Can can there be a, a few games where Mahomes has no run and he has to do Yes. Could Tua do it once in a blue moon? Yes. Could he do it all the time? No. He's not Marino. Stop playing him like Marino. You do, you're not coaching Marino. And when the three points are there, Take the points, moron. And that goes for Andy Reid. That goes for Dan Campbell. That goes for Mike McDaniel. Take the points, moron. Just gets to a point like I'm watching yesterday. And all I'm doing is getting more pissed off because I'm going, this is a disease that's in this league now. And there's this new wave of coaches. And then I watch Andy Reid do the same stupid shit. And it's like, what is going on here, dude? Learn how to really coach McDaniel. Dude, you might know X's and O's, but you have... Zero feel for a game. Zero. You can't even get plays in on time so your quarterback can actually see the defense, adjust. You don't even give him that advantage. Stupid shit. You can't even get a play in on time in two years. I, I didn't watch that yesterday. You know, that's other stuff I can pile on with the Mike McDaniel thing. But that I... That's that's one of the dolphin subjects that I wanted to talk about. Oh my god.
Welton Rayom, by the way, uh, you talk about two guys that know how to get it done. 954-966-4646. They've got a, an office in Hollywood. They've got an office in the Keys. Oh, they're going to get a new office now. I'm going to talk to them this week. And uh, looking forward to it. I'll be telling you about their new office, man. Bankruptcy, homeowner, property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. Please call Jeff Welt and Daniel Realm. The consultation is completely free. Maybe you think you have a case. You're not sure. Something happened to you yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. Statute of limitations may not may not have expired. And it doesn't cost you a damn thing to pick up the phone, ask for Jeff Welt and say, hey, Jeff, I heard Big O talk about you guys. Hey, this happened to me the other day. Explain it, and he'll tell you, you got a case. You don't have a case. I'm sorry. And that's it. The consultation's completely free. 954-966-4646 for Welt and Rail. All right. Oh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, big O, hopefully Ravens fans after after Lamar's uh, year after year, he fails, Tua fails, first time in playoffs, and it's over. People are crazy, bro. Brother, if, if Tua would have failed as much as Lamar has for all these years, he won't survive. He just would not survive. They would have killed to a I mean just assassinated there's no way there's no way the, the the front office owners everybody they they would have given in to the amount of heat that goes on you know it's it's a weird thing it's really really weird and again if you listen to me if you're paying attention the problem is not to at all whatsoever Tua doesn't have uh, the only thing that I would I'm personally pissed off with Tua this year. Last year, it was he held on to the ball and got himself injured. And I was tremendously pissed at that because he wouldn't get rid of the football or take care of his body. So I was livid with that shit. Uh, this year, the turnovers, he forced too much shit that I'm not happy with. And that's on him. But everything else is all on McDaniel. McDaniel just doesn't know how to really run an offense. Doesn't really know how to handle the QB. He, you know, he he's a great play designer, but he's really not a great game manager. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike McDaniel is an absolutely horrible game day coach and a terrible game day manager. Okay. Let's let me let me rephrase that shit. He's one of the worst I've seen. He's just lucky as hell that he's got a lot of talent and it carries him. So he can design a couple of plays. They can figure it out. But his managing of the team is the main reason why they're not as good as they can possibly be. He has not maximized what he has. Put it that way. And that's on him. Okay? So I'm pretty consistent about that. And... He's the real problem on the Miami Dolphins. Too many of you are, you know, too uh, simplistic, and you just think about the overall numbers and the wins and all that. Bro, this team is talented. They should win a bunch of games. Anybody coaching him should be able to win. You know, a, 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 he's not a difference maker. He hasn't been a difference maker at all. 
at all whatsoever. He just designs a couple of plays and he's got great talent that can overcome his ineptitude. Just like Tua and company overcame the ineptitude of the first two years and those coaches. It's the same shit. It's just that this team is way more talented than the one that was the first two years. So you're supposed to win. I mean, you got to nine wins with flow. What, you're not going to get to 11 with all the other talent you added? Of course you are. It's not Mike McDaniel. It's not a kid ourselves. It's what I told you. When Flo got fired, a bunch of you were, how are you going to fire him? They won six in a row. They fired him because of the beginning of the season. They were one in six, where they lost to all the good teams. So he's just, you know, buttering up the record on the back end with all the bad teams. That's why you got fired, because you weren't a difference maker. And that's where Mike McDaniel has got to get to a point. Too many of you are looking at Tua and his success. His success would happen with anybody that knows a little bit of offense. The problem is Mike McDaniel. That's the major problem for this team right now. He's got to learn how to coach and stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. That's what has to happen with Mike McDaniel. Stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. And then maybe your team can actually advance. Then maybe you'll be you'll be ready for a down and you'll know what down it is in Buffalo. You know, maybe against Kansas City Maybe you won't have all those pre-snap penalties and ruin all your third downs from third and seven and third and eight to third and 12 and third and 13. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can learn how to stay with the run. Maybe you can learn how to manage your quarterback the right way. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. You got a lot to learn this offseason. For him to go back to school and come back with a graduate's degree before the season starts, near impossible. That's the other thing, the sad part about it. While I'm hoping for it, um, I don't expect it from Mike McDaniel. I don't expect him to learn. I don't expect him to improve. I expect him to continue to do the same stupid shit. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But unfortunately, that's all he's ever shown me, that he doesn't learn. Kind of like Dan Campbell. Like, you just had this field goal situation a couple of weeks ago, and here you are again, Tin Cup, doing it again. It's, it's, the, it's the Tin Cup generation in the NFL. Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, the tin cup generation of the NFL. Ain't that a bitch? If you haven't seen tin cup, you need to go watch it. Hey. Right. Anyway, uh, Mahomes has the second most rushing attempts on the team, and he's not a runner. Second most in yards, the team, and he's not a runner. Did you see Purdy yesterday? He's not a runner. 
I had a guy say, well, you see, Purdy ran. What about Tua? All right, here we go. Ready? Six for 14, one for four, one for two, zero for zero, two for seven, two for nine, three for one, four for 14, zero for zero, six for 57, five for 19, three for seven, zero for zero, two for zero, four for one, three for five, three for 20. Yesterday, five for 48. And I got Dolphin fans. Well, you see, Purdy can run into a can Purdy can't run, but yesterday there were a couple lanes. You know, the sun shines on every dog's ass every once in a while. So in the season, there were two games. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, ninth week of the season. I don't know who they played. Six for 57. Last week against the Packers, Purdy ran six times for 14 yards. What he normally does, nothing running the ball. And yesterday was five for 48. But no, let's make it like he's this amazing runner because he does it every week. Prisoners of the moment. You know, I get it. Most of you, you know, you're, you're not doing actually homework and actually looking and all that, you know. But, hey, bro, you know, there'll be two games where Lamar Jackson will be accurate. You could come back at me with those games. Same thing with Purdy. There were two games where he ran a lot of yards. Go for it. Knock yourselves out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's quite the runner nowadays, Brock Purdy. Quite the runner. Oh, I love that. That is so fantastic and funny. Uh, don't forget, uh, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. All right, what else do we have going on? Let me see. Oh, Belichick is out there. Our window on this team is closing. McD's not going to learn the lesson quick enough. I'm tired of the Finns passing up the obvious. What's the obvious? Belichick? Yeah, no, thanks. Appreciate that. That's uh, that's good. Not going to happen, but, you know, you can have fun with whatever hypothetical you want. Uh, Lamar played better than Tua against the same team with less offensive talent. Uh, let's start being honest about Tua, Big O. Who's got the lesser offensive talent? I'm sorry, where where was that at? Who, who, who do you think has the lesser offensive talent, Miami or Baltimore? <laughs> if you think Miami is the one that's more talented, why? Because of Tyreek? Come on, man. They have tight ends. They have an offensive line. They actually have a dominant running game. That alone makes them better already. And they have good good wide receivers. May not be Tyreek, but their receivers aren't bad. They've got three serviceable receivers. Very good. Jay, Zay Flowers is good. Odell can, can be good. And, and Nelson Aguilar is not a bad receiver. Those three are serviceable receivers. They actually have the – and they have two tight ends. 
They have Mark Andrews and likely both better than anything Miami has. And their offensive line is superior to Miami's offensive line. They actually have more offensive talent than Miami. You're not a very good football fan, dude. You're not a smart football fan. Um, Trenard 24, you're a dumb football fan. Let me make sure I, I, I get your name and point it out exactly that you lack total intelligence. Uh, oh, this is the Panthers year to win the cup. They are ready. I agree. You know, it's the funny part, Michael Cruz. So I put out over the weekend, uh, be- oh, that's what it was. It was, um, Lewis Riddick. And he goes, man, you know, it's great to be down there with the with the Heat and the Dolphins, you know, and great South Florida. And you guys, you know, pointing out the teams. And I'm like, well, don't leave out the Panthers and enter Miami. They're actually the best teams in town. And then I get the anti-soccer people. Listen, I get it. You're anti-soccer, but don't be stupid, too. I get it. If you're anti-soccer or you don't know anything about soccer, that's fine. But Inter-Miami is closer to winning a championship than the Miami Dolphins, the Marlins, and uh, and the Heat combined. Just so you'll know. I mean, you know, then I get on Twitter, oh, Inter-Miami. Some, some idiot was like, oh, Messi's old. And I'm like, I didn't even bother with that moron because, like, he just won the golden ball as the best player in the world, he just led Argentina to the championship. So, and he came here and walloped. And we're talking about the MLS. You think he's not going to dominate the MLS? So he's too old. And and so it's the MLS. Inter Miami's loaded. They should win the fight. They should win it all. In fact, if they don't win it all, it will be a disappointment for Inter Miami. And then the idiot goes, oh, come on. They'll never win with Tata Martino. I'm like, he won the championship with Atlanta already. So, I listen, you hate soccer? That's fine. Understandable. If you hate soccer, God bless you, dude. No problem. Hate it all you want. But don't sound stupid. Okay? Inter-Miami and the Florida Panthers are the only teams in town that have a shot at a title. The only teams in town. Oh, and by the way, they are the best teams in town. The Miami Heat now, they are the best franchise, but team right now, the Heat is in third place. Okay? And the Panthers are the best team in town. That's not even up for any discussion right now. They are the best team in town. They're playing something Inter's not doing. And their record is, my Lord, what's their record after the win on Saturday? 31-14-4 after beating the Islanders 3-2. Panthers have got every opportunity. So. But I get it. You're not a soccer fan. I'm just trying to save you embarrassment. Don't look stupid. 
when somebody says Inter is 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 the best team in town right behind the Panthers, just keep your mouth quiet. Okay? Take it from somebody that actually knows since you know nothing about soccer. Okay? Don't embarrass yourself anymore. Like some of the idiots on Twitter. There's some stupid people out there in this world. Unfortunately, I've got to deal with them. All right, what do we got going on? Oh, baby, Bitcoin just exploded. Just exploded about $800, moving up to 43000 That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see, baby. That's what I like to see. Actually, Shido had a little dip here. I'm thinking of getting a little more Shido right now. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, we usually agree, but not on Tua. Dissing Lamar and Purdy doesn't make two. No, I did not diss Purdy. Where did I diss Purdy? Did not diss him at all. Did not diss Purdy one bit whatsoever. You did not hear me diss Purdy. I dissed the idiots that were coming after me yesterday acting like Purdy is mobile. When, you know, I went through the whole thing. He's got two games where he got lucky and he broke out and he got he had some space that can happen with any quarterback. That's why it only happened twice a year. Once in the regular season and yesterday. Did not pick on Purdy at all. They actually know how to handle Purdy. They run the ball. He facilitates. The way they they run Purdy is the way I would like them to handle um, Tua. But our guy doesn't do that stuff. So uh, what else? Uh, Tua still hasn't given me any reason to believe in him. More, uh, more uh, M-O-R-Q-B since Alabama. Uh, too many mental errors. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to believe in him. That's cool. I disagree completely, but that's cool. You know, you tell me how a quarterback's supposed to really get in rhythm when he's got no running game that, you know, you can depend on, you won't stay with it. You tell me how a quarterback can get in a rhythm when your coach is constantly sending in plays late, you can't get to set see the set defense, adjust to it, make any calls out of it, change your protections. Can't do it. So, you know, here's the other thing that I that I wanted to talk about today on the show. So, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl are committed to the run, even in the game's most important moments, correct? Right? Miami is it. I would say the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, their head coaches manage the game a lot better. Would you agree with that? Shanahan and especially Reed, because he's been there and done it so many times. Here's the other thing. 
even though one of them wasn't a huge factor yesterday, the other one was tight ends. So you look at it, the Baltimore Ravens, heavily driven by tight ends with Mark Andrews and the Isaiah Likely kid has, I think they found something there because he's looked pretty damn good, right? And they were playing a team called the Chiefs. I think they have some guy named Travis Kelsey, right? San Francisco, he wasn't a big factor yesterday. George Kittle only had two receptions for 27 yards. But Laporta had nine for 97. Tight end. Tight end was a major factor in the success for all four teams this year. Miami must acquire the tight end. You talk about that third option again, Jay Gelfin. You need that option off of the wide receivers, off of Ayuk and Debo, right? Off of Tyreek and Waddle, off of Amon St. Brown and uh, got him brain farting now with another one of the wide receivers. They got a decent wide receiver. It's opposite of uh, Amon Brown, but whatever. But you you're, you understand my point. No matter what you have at wide receiver, you need a playmaker in the middle of the field. You need that big target. Does Tua have that? No. So you need to add that target. Marino always had a tight end. They didn't have a running game, but at least they gave him a tight end. So there's a lot of things that if you look at what happened on Sunday, there's a lot of things that Mike McDaniel does some of the same stupid shit that they do, and then he doesn't do some of the smart stuff that they do. And then an element that is missing from this offense, and they tried to get Waller two years ago. They tried to trade for uh, trade up or hope that he falls in Laporta. Couldn't get him. So they were already – they were targeting – I mean, you got to feel good that they were targeting Laporta and look at the year he had. They need to add that element. You must add a tight end. When we talk about that third option that Tua needed and did not have this year, that's the option that we're talking about. So that first or second round pick, if you can get a tight end, I don't think you'll be able to get the first because it's only Bowers. But in the second round, or in free agency, or via trade, if there's one available trade, but you're going to have to make a move for a tight end. It's a major factor of today's game. It's a major factor of all four teams in the championship. All four teams heavily rely on the tight end. The Miami Dolphins cannot rely on the tight end because they don't have one and julian hill while i love his ability we have no idea if he can polish it up to the point that he can become a real impact player you know so you can't go into next year looking for 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 hill julian hill to become the number one tight end that's a lot to ask for that young man. And we're talking about a guy that needs to be a major factor. And just look at, at what it takes to be successful in the NFL as a team. Tight end's a pretty damn important ingredient. And all four of those teams proved that tight end was a hell of an ingredient. Miami needs to get that. Or if not, 
They can't, they can't bake their meal, dude. They can't. Everybody else has got one, right? It's not a Tua thing. It's, it's what everybody has to do, you know? So let's hope that uh, Miami can find a tight end. That's another subject that stood out to me over the weekend. There was a lot of stuff overall. And by the way, Jay, it's fun to diss uh, Lamar because uh, they talk about that skill set of getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Tua can do that. Lamar can't. I had some fun with that. So there's another subject that we can, you know, talk about. And Lamar Jackson yesterday uh, struggled big time, right? And I thought of who? Vic Fangio. What did we talk about all last week? What do we, I can't wait to have Matt Verderam on, right? Two things I told Matt Verderam, and I'm 100% on target. One was when they traded for Ananobi, you can go check out that, my tweet to him a couple weeks ago. I, uh, I told him Ananobi is a perfect fit for the Knicks. He will complement uh, Brunson perfectly, and it's been that. And then the other thing that we talked about last week was uh, Spags needs to blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson. Why? Because I saw Josh Boyer and Flo do that for two years on Lamar and beat him. And you know what? I sat there yesterday, right? I, I carved out my liver from my, from my body. I put it on the table and I started eating my liver. Why? Because I was so mad that our stinking defensive coordinator the old stinking geezer was set in his ways and he didn't want to blitz Lamar and see, watch the games. The problem is a lot of you don't really watch the games. Lamar sits back there for four seconds to any quarterback in the NFL, any, I don't give a shit. If you're John Beck, if you're going to give him four seconds, you think you're going to stay with Odell Beckham? and Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers for four freaking seconds? No. So, of course, Lamar's numbers are going to look a lot better if you don't rush him and you rush three or four and you and you try to use that, that, um, that um, disciplined pass rush where you're rushing, but you're not going all out. You're 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 creating that that um that shell to keep them in there but while you're doing that you're giving him four seconds to find somebody that's what the that's what Fangio's stupid ass did in that game it wasn't that he was anything great or anything like that he said you you made these quarters hang out with receivers for four seconds five seconds there were times that he had so much back there go watch that game go time it all of them are over three and a half seconds. You know that they practice with a 2.8 second clock, something Lamar can't do. So you blitz his ass. Yeah, you can't make a mistake like they did on that one time. Two times they made a mistake. One that they missed him and he got a big run. And two, they got the bomb. Okay, you make a mistake. But you have to live with it, unfortunately. But what you can't live with can't allow the young man to sit back there because any quarterback's going to pick you apart. 
And what did Spags do? Exactly what you're supposed to do to Lamar Jackson. Blitz his ass. Blitz him and blitz him again and blitz him again because he can't read and react quickly. He doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have that to a gift. He can't do what Joe Burrow can do. He can't throw like Pat Mahomes. He can't he can't read and react quickly. It's not who he is because he's not a real what? Quarterback. He's an athlete playing quarterback. A phenomenal athlete that can get his own ball tipped and catch it. Yay! That and a six-pack of Schaefer gets you nothing. So the the uh, gift of throwing in two seconds, that's a gift. And that's why the pass block rate of the Dolphins was 31st in the NFL. So they had enough time to open up a hole and pop it, but they weren't giving to a four seconds like Lamar Jackson. That's why when that moron says who had the better offensive talent, it's like, yo, bro, do you watch? Baltimore's offensive line and tight end and running game alone make it better than Miami's offense. Watch the games. Watch what's actually going on. Don't be wowed by a play or two or the stats. They don't tell the story. And that's the problem with watching Lamar Jackson or watching some of these things that are going on with Tua, some of you are not paying attention and really watching what's going on. Hey, but listen, the good thing is a lot of you will have 12 more months to tell me what a great quarterback he is. And oh, and by the way, two-time MVP Lamar Jackson. Well, that... That really means a lot now, right? When you shit in the bed every playoffs, two-time MVP. That really, man, that means a lot, doesn't it? You can't win shit in the playoffs, but you can be an MVP in the regular season. Yeah, that's really impressive. Again, that in a six-pack of Schaefer gets you nowhere. But he's a two-time MVP. Don't forget that, oh, he's a two-time MVP. I don't recall Fangio calling one blitz against Lamar. He let Lamar take selfies in the pocket. He basically did. Uh, let's see. Uh, Magic Mark says, I'm happy we gave two or four years and uh, got rid of him under flow, but let's not kid ourselves. I think it's obvious that McDee gets overwhelmed and out coached constantly. Big time. Big time. McDaniel can't adjust in a game. Dude, you can't adjust in a game? That's as big an indictment as it gets in the history of coaching. There's no bigger indictment for any coach that cannot adjust in a game. That's some scary stuff, dude.
he's got a lot of stuff to figure out this offseason. You know, it, Manny Navarro said something about Kane's football for many years on my show. And, of course, he's written it and all that stuff. But he always said, I'm tired of getting these first-time coaches that don't know what they're doing. Go get somebody that's established and has already run a program. And that's what they did with Mario, which I agree with it. And I'm still a Mario guy. Now, I'm having a little problem with his game day stuff, too, unfortunately. I didn't think it was that bad. I knew there was a, a, a level of conservativeness that, uh, that, was, that always worried me about Mario. But, you know, but at least... You went in the direction of the established coach, somebody that has experience, and I thought that that was the right thing, and I agree with Manny on that. You start thinking about that with the Dolphins, although they've gotten with the experienced guy, and that's failed. You know, the Jimmy Johnson experiment failed, unfortunately. He found the defense, but he was, a, as we've talked already, he screwed up a whole bunch of times. And Dave Wanstead was experienced. And then we've gone with the inexperienced coach. It just has not worked out either way. And that's where I, I don't want to make a change. But McDaniel better figure stuff out by, by next year. Because there a major drop-off with Lamar. And, oh, my God, yes. Lamar can't even come close to two of the passer. Dude, Lamar gets away with what he gets away because he is a special, special athlete. That's all. It's a special athlete. He's not a great passer. And to play that position, you must be a great passer. You must be able to read and react quickly. He cannot. He has to see plays develop. He has to wait for a receiver to break for him to throw. There are no anticipatory throws with him. He doesn't have to. Because when you have Justin Herbert's arm and you have Cam Newton's arm and you have Lamar Jackson's arm, you don't learn anticipatory skills. It's funny. Now, Mahomes has their arm, yet he has anticipatory skills. Because he has a, the magic of the touch. He knows. He has touch. It's different. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow can sling it like those guys after somebody breaks. But Joe Burrow can also throw anticipatory stuff. Herbert doesn't throw any anticipatory stuff. Cam Newton doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. Kyler Murray can throw anticipatory stuff, but he has to because he's short. Short players have to learn anticipatory skills because they don't see the whole field because they've got mammoth people in front of them. So they, can't, they have to see through passing lanes, which is in between the linemen, and they're kind of anticipating where one guy is going, and they're disappearing, appearing, disappearing, appearing. You, you, you have no idea what these guys go through in the middle of a game. They're, they're not like the 6'6 six, six guy, 6'5 six, guy, that they're looking over the line, and they can see them doing everything. The shorter quarterback does not. So they have to learn anticipatory skills because practice comes with it. You run the route the same way in practice that you do in a game, the same depth, the same cut, and everything. So the ball's delivered constantly. It's muscle memory. It's really difficult to do. And it takes like total trust in the system, in the in the in the player you're throwing to, and yourself. That's why some of the guys that are supremely gifted with an arm don't learn it sometimes 
you know, Marino, by the way, had anticipatory skills. Marino could sling it all over the place. And then there were moments where he could throw a floater and lead somebody. And he had that, you know, there, but there's very few of those kind of guys. And Tua can thread it into a hole, right? He doesn't have a gun, but he'll throw it hard and, and get it in somewhere where he has to after something happens after a break. If he has enough time, he'll do it. But a more he also has the magic of an anticipatory throw, which is something that some guys cannot do. Anyway, so Tua to me is superior as a passer in every way possible to Lamar. The only thing Lamar has is the the strength in the arm that he can throw it for a hundred yards. You know that I know he's got an he's a superb athlete. He's one of the most freakish athletes we have ever seen, but he's not a great passer. Uh, let's see. I, I will probably get tagged for this, but some of you, you know, I've mentioned it before. Uh, and some of you have probably never watched it. Um, one of those things that I, I think, you know, people at times I've mentioned it and then eh, you probably didn't bother with it. Um, let's see here. We probably will, will get tagged for this. Um, run. Here we go. Have a little fun with uh, with this now. Take down the uh, the billboard, please. Okay. And here we go. Here's Typically Lamar Jackson in a thousand competition. And a thousand rushing yards. Here we in go. A season. Hit the Look, I'm Lamar. curious to see the strategy that guys go with yes. here in precision passing. Okay, and you can see he one. wants the deep ball and those big points. No, you're the farther one. Yeah, he's okay, trying to hit those corner routes down there. Those four like corners. Yesterday, Typically, guys want to start the with the one corners, get some easy throws out of the way. Right. Not Lamar though. No, Coming up no, short on those no. bucket tosses. Okay. And then he goes for the metronome, that two-target metronome. Okay, try the other one. That cable line no, target for five points. So here he is a half minute into his one-minute run yeah, and doesn't have a point. Either. Okay. But you can tell the confidence that he has because he's going for and those that either? Maybe he's got to adjust the strategy a little bit. Oh, Finally, oh, he breaks through with that four-target windmill. But this is looking like a struggle for the guy who was the breakout star this year. Lamar Jackson off the rim of the two-pointer. And not only was he the breakout he's star, he's going to be the presumptive MVP. Named it NFL honor. A long one again. A yeah, tremendous no, that's season by this young man. For you. Final there toss we go. for Lamar Jackson. And it's off the mark again. So not the start he was hoping for in precision yeah. passing. That was fantastic. Now go watch Marino do it. There's a moving one that's like all the way in the back. Bam. Bullseye. 
Volume kind of went down after you came back up. I don't know. Oh, wait. Okay. There we go. My bad. Okay. So, anyway, so um, just crazy, dude. Just crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Justin Fields, yeah, that's a he, another one with accuracy issues too. You know, you can you can have them. You can have the accuracy guys. Uh, let's see what else do we have here on the chat board. Um, Lou, only in America can you sit at a sports book and take Mahomes versus Lamar the Choker, and they actually give you four and a half points with Mahomes. Effing beautiful. I know, wasn't it? I took three and a half, four and four and a half. And and I I actually got pissed that my buddy said he got five. So it went to five. God, I could have made much more money yesterday. That would have been awesome, dude. Uh, to me, that was like the easiest bet of them all. And I'm listening to all these people talk during the, oh, no, Baltimore's got it. Baltimore's got it. I was like, what do you people watch? Oh, you're prisoners of the moment, but you don't see what consistently happens in the playoffs? Okay, that's fine. So now he's going up against the best player in the world. Okay. Maybe if he was playing Jalen Hurts, playing another inaccurate running quarterback then i tell you yeah dude you could take lamar i mean it's kind of a toss-up you know what i'm saying but you're playing pat mahomes yeah i i don't know how that one made any sense uh i am uh crypto fins i'm working on gathering information for the draft i'm not there yet and and gathering information obviously for tight ends and stuff like that so I'm not ready yet to uh, give you my info on on the tight ends and the guys that I will like or don't like and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Uh, but I will uh, get into it uh, with you all. Uh, by the way, uh, let's uh, let's do a little 3A graphics sports calendar. Yesterday, the Chiefs defeated the Ravens 17 to 10. So Chiefs advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, it is the San Francisco 49ers edging out Dan Campbell's dumbass and the Lions 34 to 31. So we got a San Francisco, Kansas City Super Bowl in two weeks. The Miami Heat have lost six in a row. They're five and ten in their last 15. They lose to the Knicks on Saturday, 125 to 109. Tonight, they host Phoenix at 730. And here's the kicker. Phoenix lost to the Magic last night, 113 to 98. So you're not going to get a happy. And by the way, the Heat are favored by four. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but 
I know Phoenix played last night and Miami didn't. I don't care. Phoenix plus four to me is a layup. Maybe Miami comes out super inspired and they have, you know, a hell of a night. They could beat Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. But I don't trust the Heat right now to be giving four. They're five and 10 in their last 15 games, and they've lost six in a row, and they lose to bad teams. Not that Phoenix is like, you know, they're 26 and 20. Considering their talent, I'm not wowed by their record, but anyway. Panthers defeated the Islanders, the best team in town. They win three to two against the Islanders. Kachuk with a goal and assist. They're 31, 14, and four. They've won four in a row. They're 13 and four in their last 17, unlike the Heat. Uh, and Tuesday, tomorrow, they will host Philly at seven o'clock. All right. And then in basketball, FAU yesterday defeated North Texas 66 to 66 to 63. The number 22 team in the country is off till Saturday versus Tulsa at six o'clock. They're seven and one in the American Conference and seven and 17 and four overall. So congrats to the Owls. Uh, Saturday, NSU won again against Rollins College, 110 to 62. That's eight in a row against Rollins College. They're now 15 and two and nine and two in the Sunshine State Conference. Uh, Wednesday at 730, they will take on Lynn University and the University of Miami yesterday defeated Pitt 72 to 68, improving to 14 and six. And they're now five and four in the ACC. So it's nice to win the last two. They were under, they were three and four in the ACC just a a week and a half ago, uh, Omir, 18 points and 10 rebounds. Poplar with 17 points and six rebounds. Pack added 17, five assists and four rebounds. Tuesday, they're at NC State. They take on the Wolfpack at uh, 9 o'clock. So there you go. All right. Got that going on. And call my guy, Alan Blanco, 786-618-1443. Where's Bitcoin at now? Huh? Where's it at? Over 43. So it's gone over $1,000 like that. And it is up 2.16%, 43,224. Like I told you, the outflows have died down. FTX sold out their, their, their grayscale Bitcoin. Uh, people that needed a buyout have already bought out. A lot of them aren't going to get out. Why? Because they've got to pay a tax. They've got to pay a capital's gains tax. And these rich people, rich people don't become rich by accident. They do it because they're smart. And so they have plenty of money. They can leave that money sitting there earning more and more and more. And they don't need to take the capital's gains taxes at this point in time. So smart. Some people probably needed the money. Some people probably wanted to take out their profits, move it to, to a ETF, whatever, but the outflows have pretty much ended. And now it's all the ETFs sucking it up and wait till Asia and Europe fully get their ETFs going. And then they've got to buy Bitcoin. And if that story is true, coming out of, out of the Arab nations, okay, this is going to get absolutely nuts okay i'm going to read you a story here that is pretty impressive if true justin veranigia 
The host of popular currency channel Crypto News Alert said that Saudi Arabian and Qatari governments are sizing up a huge Bitcoin investment, which could be announced next week, which is this week. The analyst stated that the two governments may be looking to acquire around 1 million Bitcoin. Not $1 million in Bitcoin. No, 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 no. 1 million individual Bitcoins, which is obviously worth billions, okay, using their sovereign wealth funds. In comparison, the wallet address of Satoshi Nakamoto, Bitcoin's anonymous creator, holds 1.1 million Bitcoins. The rumored buys, which have since gone mainstream, came after noted Bitcoin maximist Max Kaiser raised the speculation. And according to a tweet by Kaiser referenced in the video, the investment in Bitcoin from the two countries will dwarf pre previous investments from giants like BlackRock and MicroStrategy. As noted in the video, the shift to the flagship cryptocurrency asset came after a Saudi clerk declared Bitcoin acceptable under Islam. Following that, Verigia uh, referenced a support that Saudi oil giant Aramico has partnered with SBI Holdings to delve into the digital asset space. According to the analyst, Bitcoin is expected to benefit from the partnership. Okay. So if they get into Bitcoin and they buy that, I think Bitcoin will soar right away to a quarter of a million dollars. It's going to go crazy. Islam is rising. Anybody there a the, the fan? The world is on its elbows and knees. That song actually is goes so well with uh, society nowadays. Anyway, uh, if you're a the, the fan. There's actually a Matt Johnson biography I saw on, uh, on YouTube about a about a week ago it's fantastic if you like the the i love the the so anyway remember you can make a donation through cash app or venmo at cash big o show that's cash big o show fins fan 47 is checking in from worcestershire massachusetts is that where the is the sauce made there is the Worcestershire sauce made there? Um, let's see. Big O, have you checked out Gamble Fi yet? I think the sector will explode once the narrative catches on. Well, um, actually, if you want gambling, the biggest gambling site in crypto is Rollbit, my friend. Check out Rollbit. They have a very interesting uh, uh, deal. They not only have a sports book, it's the only sports book in cryptocurrency, by the way, and you can also wager cryptocurrency. It's also a DeFi platform. And the beauty of it is they use a portion of their profits from the DeFi and from sports gambling to burn their coin. And I believe they had like $5 billion in circulation, and now they're down to like $3.2 or $3.3 billion because they've burned nearly $2 billion. So they're burning a, a, a portion, which, of course, increases the value of the coin. Okay, Only in America or in China, which they're about to open up the printers there, too, because they're just as stupid as we are. Uh, you know, we, we, we think it's, like, smart to just keep printing more bills. You know, 
that's why inflation happens. You know, in, in crypto, it's less is more. You know, though in the world, you know, in France, they think it's more by printing more dollars. Just like what we do here. We just, you know, print, 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 print. You know, we just printed three, three trillion in the last couple of months. Turn eh, on the printers. No big deal. It won't hurt us. Anyway. Roderick Freeman is in the house. Great news on Bitcoin. I just started investing in Bitcoin. Thanks, Big O. You are welcome, sir. You are welcome. Uh, what up, Big O? How about that 49ers comeback? And let me tell you, I thought when it was 24-7 or whatever, like, hey, this is going to be a nice challenge for Purdy because they don't really do well coming back. Like, Lamar, you know you get ahead of the Ravens and they're done. They're toast. It's almost impossible for them. Unless they get a bunch of turnovers or something, they're not really going to come back on you because they don't have that kind of a passing game. So it's crazy. Uh, Steven, good, uh, like, oh, okay, you're talking to somebody else. If I was Greer, says Mar Magic Mark, I'd want to see two in someone else's offense before giving him a big contract. How can you do that? You already saw him in somebody else's offense. You saw him with no offense the first two years, and he won more than he lost. Again, the problem is, uh, uh, Mark, you're, you don't really know what the problem is. That's the problem. You think two is the problem, but that's – listen, man. Those of you that think two is the problem, 95% of you didn't like two in the first place. You never really believed in Tua, and this is your way of using this as, as your crutch, okay? I'm sure there's a, a couple of you that believed in Tua, and now you're in doubt. I don't think that's a major portion of you. I think that's very few of you. But most of you that are anti-Tua, you were always anti-Tua. So this is just ammunition for you. Again, not here to convince you. I don't give a shit. I can tell you what the problem is. Hey, I told you what the problem is with flow, and you thought it was Tua. So that's where all of you anti-Tua people, you all lost your credibility with me. Every bit of you lost it. Because that was, at least this is a little harder because there's stats behind it, so it kind of freaks you out. And you really, you know, you got to kind of like look through the trees. But with flow, it was so obvious. Those of you picking on Tua, I really don't I don't trust you anymore. I, I wouldn't trust your opinion in football. Let's just be honest. Like, I'm being 100% serious. If you thought Tua couldn't play under flow and that chaos, and you couldn't tell that it had nothing to do with the quarterback, I can never trust you again with your football opinion. Uh, let's understand that. And so a lot of you already come from there. Okay, and so that's where you kind of lost me already as it is. I, I'm sure there's a few of you that were like two of people. And now maybe you, you know, whatever happened here, you think it's on him again. And I get it. The interceptions kind of make it look that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. It's not. It's not even close on him. Some of the interceptions, I'll blame it on him. But the shortcomings of this team is all on the coach. Every single ounce of it is on the coach.
every bit of it, dude. And so that's why I feel there's a lot of you, you're not reading this right. That's all. Just like you weren't reading it right under flow. And boy, you really got, I could give you a break here getting it wrong. Okay. Cause there's a lot of funky stats, a lot of numbers, a lot of yards, touchdowns. So it kind of is deceiving. You know what I'm saying? So you can get fooled. There's the smoke and mirrors is really good here right now. Before those of you picking on Tua, whoo, doggy. Yeah. I don't trust you at all with your knowledge of football at all. Like it's kind of embarrassing. Put it that way. Yeah. So. Uh, did McDaniel learn how to be an in-game coach from Mike? Well, yeah, he probably did learn. Well, he's worse than Dan Campbell. He's way worse than Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell allows his offensive coordinator to like actually do things the right way. They run the ball a lot and all that. They, they do a lot of things right that Miami does wrong, actually. So um, Dan Campbell is way better than Mike McDaniel, believe it or not. Dan Campbell has one bad habit, and that's the field goal thing. Outside of that, everything else is better than I ever expected. He proved me wrong over and over again, and he proved me wrong again this year. He, This part, I, I, I never – that's not something I ever predicted or talked about or anything. That This is something he better correct. But the fact that he did not take uh, responsibility is pretty sad. So, um, let's see. John Rouse is in the house. Oh, if McDaniel hasn't changed in two years, knowing his problems, why would we think he will learn and change in year three? Why waste time? Because they have to. They, they, John, you have to use common sense here, my brother. Okay. The front office, this is bad for them. They failed with flow. They do an excellent job with personnel trades drafting signing free agents this is the best front office we've ever had since the 70s okay i love the front office and personnel right but they unfortunately failed with flow if they fail with this it's a really bad look john so by firing them now and going to get another guy and then you have to then change it might change schemes it might change what you need on your team offensively, defensively, and then that becomes a whole mess. So they have to now, this is a really tough job for the front office. They have to sit down with Mike McDaniel, have a serious conversation with them about what direction they're going in, what they need to do, and they must correct it because I don't know if they can afford to fire another coach and survive to hire a third. Not a lot of GMs survive that. And so they have got a lot of pressure themselves that Mike McDaniel has got to figure it out by next year. So they're going to do everything in their power to help McDaniel kind of figure this out. They can't do it. They're, they're stuck. They're, they're stuck in a rock and a hard place. The flow thing set them back big time. So now they cannot afford to set themselves back again. So they need to stay on the continuity track, and then they need to correct it. And they have no choice, my friends. They have to stay in this, in this where they're at right now. Because common sense tells you 
they may not survive to be able to hire a third coach, even if they're great with personnel. So that's kind of where we're at. So the, the, the talk of change has always been ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Uh, quick question. What is the difference in Kirk Cousins and Tua as a QB? Well, Kirk Cousins has been failing for a long, 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 long time. Tua's only had one trip to the playoffs with a absolutely injury riddled team. So, and a, and a terrible game day coach. So there's a huge difference. Like Kirk Cousins has shown you, oh, it's like Lamar Jackson over and over and over again that they can't get over the hump. So if they show you that, that's, you know, I, I get it. You're an anti-Tua guy because why would you even make that comparison? It's a silly comparison. Tua has not been in the league and going to the playoffs for seven, eight years straight and failing every year like Kirk Cousins, like Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Huge difference. Huge difference. Guy's only been in the playoffs one time. Huge difference. So let's wait, you know, before you compare him, why don't you give two of five, six more chances to the playoffs like you have with Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson? Oh, because you can't be objective because you're biased, right? I mean, it's the only reason you would make a stupid comparison like that. A guy that's been in the league for 10 years already, 10 plus for Kirk Cousins, right? 10 plus years. And he's proven it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And two has only been in the playoffs one time and had a bad outing. I'm not going to tell you he didn't have a good outing, but you're going to compare one outing to a whole bunch. Think about that. That shows your bias, bro. That shows how much you are negative on Tua. That you, the guy has just started his career, basically. And, you know, you're already putting him with a guy that constantly chokes in the playoffs. Constantly. For years now. Okay. That's really fair. Um. Anyway. No, I know. There, you can't compare uh, Lamar to Tua. Tua's a much better passer. Much better passer. Lamar's just an athlete, my brother. You, you're right. Check out the completion percentage. Check out the accuracy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. How is the touchdown to interception ratio this year? Eh, you probably can't compare it, my man. Probably not. Anyway, uh, Big O, what about all the games in December or he shit the bed? Dude, the guy's been at it for a couple of a couple of years. That's it. And he wasn't even around for the last December. It was this December that they had a bad December. Again, I get it. You're an anti-Tua guy. Brother, I'm not here to convince you. I, I, you know what I tell all you anti-Tua people? Quit. Don't follow the Dolphins anymore. Leave, disappear. All you're going to do is whine and bitch and complain about the guy. I certainly don't give a shit about that. You know what I mean? You're pretty much a useless fan in my book. 
if all you're doing is coming here to complain about Tua, you're a useless fan. You know what I mean? You, you don't believe in Tua, then there's nothing to watch anymore. You don't believe in his Decembers, there's nothing to watch because he's been ruining for 10 Decembers now. You know what I mean? He's only had one December. That's this December. That's it. Before that, he hasn't had anything to, to compete. First two years, he had nothing. And last year, he wasn't even around for December. But that's fine. Whatever, man. Whatever floats your boat. Um, Let me see. What else? Ronnie says, come on, no. Did you quit and disappear when you were a Tannehill hater, when you were they were a useless fan? No, I did not quit. But I basically told you he wasn't the guy. That's all. And what did I say? They weren't going anywhere. That's it. That's all. But I but at least I I am upfront about it. You know what I mean? These people, they disappear when he plays well. And then they appear when he doesn't. They're phonies. I tell you, no matter what, from the moment he was drafted to whatever good thing he did, I would tell you it doesn't mean shit. That's the difference. There was conviction. There was intelligence. More than most of you out there that thought Tannehill could play. And I was right. From the get-go, from not even drafting him, I was right. Meanwhile, all these phonies wanted to suck for Tua. Then when they get Tua, then they shit on Tua, right? And then when he plays well, they all disappear. None of them ever show up. And then they wait for a bad moment and like cowards. They come out of the woodwork. Whereas I told you, anything that Ryan Tannehill did was an aberration. Anything Ryan Tannehill did was not really anything impressive. Straight from the get-go, good or bad, I told you it meant nothing because he was never a franchise quarterback. There's a huge difference with the way I handle Tannehill and they handle Tua. These cowards disappear when he's balling. Completely disappear. That's the difference. Huge difference. Anyway. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Big old people play too much Madden in their mom's basements. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. My opinion on Lamar, why when he was a free agent, nobody wanted him. Do you know why? And, and see, you know what I love about the phoniness of the Lamar Jackson shit from writers, national people, national figureheads, ESPN, Fox, uh, Herald, Sun Sentinel, Palm Beach Post, any local radio station, national radio stations, they're all, most of them, full of shit. 
Oh, why didn't everybody? Oh, everybody was regretting Lamar. No, dude, nobody was regretting not signing Lamar. You know why? Nobody was ever going to commit to that offense. Because nobody runs that offense in the entire NFL. Do you know why? Because you have Lamar Jackson. And so you have to run that remedial offense. Okay? He doesn't use the entire passing tree. It isn't a complicated passing game. It's a very basic passing game. With a heavy run and heavy defense. And most people, God bless John Harbaugh and his conviction to stay with it. Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? Hell yeah. You won one with Trent Dilfer. You won one with Peyton Manning when he couldn't throw for more than 10 yards. You can win practically a Super Bowl with almost any quarterback as long as he doesn't screw it up. And in this case, as long as he doesn't screw it up, but they run and they dominate. If they can dominate at every level like they do in the regular season, as I've told you all for many years now, I've tried to explain it to people, people on national television they don't have the balls to actually be honest it's a regular season offense that's very difficult to prepare for from one week to another but once you get to the playoffs the elite defenses are now alive and kansas city can punch you in the mouth and as you saw tyreek hill got ragdolled by the defensive backs of kansas city okay tyreek hill got ragdolled okay all right what he wanted to do to the guy in the fishing pier is exactly what they did to him basically only problem is they stopped tyreek from doing it to the guy if they if his friend or the entourage did not stop him on one or two attempts he would have gotten a chance to ragdoll that guy but when tyreek met his match on the football field, not an old man in the pier, what happened? They ragdolled his ass. And that's what you do to Lamar Jackson. And football people know it. But they also are not willing to do the things that I'm willing to do, that they come out in the open and just say, Lamar's a beautiful human being. He's super easy to root for, super cool guy, but he is a limited passer. And you have to dedicate yourself to a heavy run offense that most people in the NFL don't run since they had leather helmets. But they're not willing to tell you that. Only I'm willing to tell you that. Somebody on ESPN or WPLG or QAM or FAN or whatever, they're not willing to tell you that. I'm the only guy, it seems, that I seem to have the discussions with others that, hey, he's not that special. He's a great athlete, but he ain't great quarterback. He can't pass, dude. How many, how many throws were overthrown yesterday in deep balls? You can't be a great quarterback if you can't hit a deep ball often. Not occasionally, often. Problem is, too many don't understand the game of football. And I'm sorry if I come off 
obnoxious, uh, cocky, arrogant, whatever, dude. I don't care. And I know that sometimes I come off like that. I totally understand that. And I know. But that comes from confidence from what I watch and from what I've been watching for half a freaking century. Years have gone by. The guy does not improve as a passer, just like Josh Allen. And what I have been right on, and I continue to be right on, I thought Josh Allen proved me wrong, but he didn't. Once you're inaccurate, you will always be inaccurate. No one, not Jalen Hurts, not Josh Allen, not Lamar Jackson, not one erratic quarterback has ever become accurate. They all will have the erratic trait. And that's why Josh Allen got back to running. And that's why they started winning. And that's why Baltimore lost yesterday. They got away from the run. Because they thought they had a passer. And only idiots think that Lamar Jackson is a passer. And if you don't believe me, just watch what I just showed you. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I can do better than he can in that, in that, in that challenge. Seriously, by the way. Dead ass serious. I do better than his score. I mean, it's 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 horrible. So you're not going to win like that. Now, can you win? Of course you can. Now you've got to have a perfect game. You've got to be dominant. You got to be able to run the ball. Throughout the, throughout the regular season, set yourself up, get home field advantage, which you had, and now you got to dominate with the run in the, in the playoffs, and then when you get to the Super Bowl, whoever's a Super Bowl opponent, you need to dominate them with the run. If you don't do it like that, you'll never win a championship with Lamar Jackson. If you think he can carry you this way, what are you watching? What are you watching? What, the occasional freakish throw? He's an athlete. That's what they do. We had a guy in the park back in uh, in Little Havana. His name was Angel. Short guy, stocky, strong as a mother, tough son of a bitch, fearless as hell, would fight anybody, okay? And watched out with Angel, okay? All right? cojones that were the size of, of of my house okay i mean really and a good dude overall now as a quarterback because he was a freakish athlete he wasn't necessarily a great quarterback but he used to love to throw bombs because he was in shape and he could throw the ball 60 yards downfield right so you knew when you were playing angel if you were playing safety you had to kind of cheat a little back because he was going to tell everybody in the huddle just run deep, <laughs> you know? So you had to be ready. Now, was he a good quarterback? No. Was he a great athlete? Yes. Could he occasionally burn you? Yeah, you had to be on your P's and Q's because occasionally he can burn you. Now, was he a guy that was going to make a living, like, pinpoint passing? No. He would kill you with a run, and he would kill you once in a while with a bomb that he was occasionally accurate with. More often than not, he wasn't accurate with it. He just had a cannon. He was like Michael Bishop. For those of you that really follow football, you know, the Patriots drafted Michael Bishop out of Kansas State, I believe, years ago. 
And it was one of those things where there was a um, a need for a Hail Mary thrower, you know, and I guess they felt that, I guess, who, who at that time, was it early Brady or whatever? I don't know what it was, but they felt like they needed Michael Bishop. And he would come in and throw like a, a Hail Mary because Michael Bishop was not a big guy, but my God, he had a cannon for an arm. He had no idea where it was going, but it could fly. You know, that kind of stuff. You could win with Lamar Jackson, but you're going to have to play perfect football. And you have to dedicate yourself to a style of football that nobody plays anymore. No one in the NFL plays. Heavy, heavy, heavy run. And it's just not conducive to having success because it's a pass-heavy league. You score points by passing. Yeah, you need the run. You have to have the run. You need it for balance, but it cannot be your main weapon. It can be the complementary weapon even to your passing game, but it cannot be that we're a run-oriented team and we occasionally pass. And that's been the Ravens' problem. I mean, let me see if I can look it up. I'm just going to I'm going to go I'm going to guess that I'm right here on this. But I might be wrong, but we'll see. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's bring it up here. Okay, so yesterday, 272, uh, 152, 321, 252, 171, 316. 177, 264, 223, 187, 157, 357, 223, 236, 186, 202, 237, 189. Do you know what that is? Lamar Jackson's passing totals in every game. Occasionally, because he's an athlete, occasionally he will explode. Can he do it consistently? No. Can he hit that 20-yard out consistently? No. Can he hit the bomb consistently? No. Odell Beckham has uh, been targeted 64 times, caught 35 of them. How's that timing? You know, it, it's just, it, it's a thing where you just get caught up with the electricity of the player but you really don't look factually at what he really is as a quarterback. And can you win a Super Bowl? You can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, right? If Derrick Henry that day is dominant, 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 and Ryan only has to make four or five passes to help move the chains a couple times and the defense dominates and picks up a turnover and all that, the Titans could win a championship. Right now, you're going to need a dominant line, a dominant running game, a dominant defense, and put Ryan Tannehill in a Trent Dilfer position, in a Peyton Manning position, the second Peyton Manning, the the Broncos Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, you. We've seen it. We've watched Brad Johnson win, where he just doesn't have to do too much because you have a generational defense. By the way, the Ravens defense not generational. And that's why you're also not going to win with Lamar. 
Peyton Manning in Denver had a generational defense. Trent Dilfer in Tampa had a generation. No, I'm sorry, in Baltimore had a generational defense. Right? You know, Brad Johnson had a generational defense. So some of these guys, when they win, they're not that good, but what's around them is so freaking dominant that you can win with the hot Hotstetla a Super Bowl. And you're the, the Giants were monsters, bro. They had a great line. They had one of the best D lines out there. They had the greatest linebacker in the history of mankind. They had Mark Bavaro, who we never talk about anymore. And Mark Bavaro was the equivalent of, of Larry Zonka at tight end. I, in fact, I've never seen a Larry Zonka tight end until Mark Bavaro. And nobody talks about Mark Bavaro unless those of us that watched how great Mark Bavaro was. Got to be special. Baltimore's good. They're not that special. They're not Ray Lewis special. They're not even Jamal Lewis special, by the way. <laughs> not only are they not Ray Lewis special, they're not Jamal Lewis special. Jamal Lewis was special. That was a, that dude, bro. That dude was a beast. Where are we at now? What, what's uh, what's 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 Bitcoin doing right now? Over forty three thousand one hundred forty three. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Watching Bitcoin bounce, bounce. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, big O, I'm a Tua guy. I'm concerned about his clutch time gene that didn't uh, this season show the way I thought it would. What part of Tua's game does he need to improve? What Was it not clutch the first goal round against Kansas City when he hit the bomb to Tyreek and he dropped it? So that wasn't clutch? So it wasn't clutch in the uh, couple weeks ago when he threw a touchdown to Tyreek in the end zone and to Claypool in the end zone? I'm just wondering, is it only clutch when he doesn't throw the interception? Or is it also not clutch when he throws it, but they don't catch it? Just wondering. If Tyreek doesn't screw up the first Kansas City game all by himself, you got, you got the bye week. Is that on Tua? If... If uh, if Fangio can't blitz the young quarterback in Tennessee and made him look like Tom Brady, is that on Tua? I'm sorry, I must have missed that. Like, everything's on Tua when it's not. So you're not being fair at all. You make it sound like they ended up here all because of Tua. And that's just not true. So right before the half against Baltimore, you're at Baltimore's 42-yard line. Was there a reason to hurry up the play? Which ended up in a turnover by Tua, but was that really something that you had to do? Was that smart? Are you an offense that's always sharp and all, you should be hurrying up plays? Or did you put your quarterback and your team in a really bad position? You know, again, you know what, guys? I think I'm done answering those questions. 
for the rest of the offseason. I think I'm done answering two questions from you guys. Yeah, I think I am because it's just, it's not worth it. I'm not reaching you people. You're going to be what you are anyway. So it doesn't matter. Why should I try to reason with you? I, I, you're the same people I couldn't reason when Brian Flores and his terrible staff were killing Tua. I, I'm the one that told you that the guy didn't want him, that the guy hated Tua. I'm the guy that told you this. No one in no one that covers the Dolphins told you this. No one. I'm the one that told you, and you didn't want to believe me. So it's cool. It just gets tiring to have to try to explain something that I've been explaining for a while. You know, it's boring. It really is. So, Spag's so underrated. I, I don't think Spag's is underrated, bro. I think we've all known Spags is an awesome coach. Much better than Fangio. So. Oh, the guy that meant to us clutch in Bama big games and NFL games. He shrinks like fumbled snap, buddy. Game over. Remember that? Yeah, it's it's all selective memory. That's all it is. Uh, because we're hypercritical. No, uh, Chuck, no, no. There's a lot of you that are just stupid. Yeah, I'm not here to kiss your ass, bro. Yeah, I, I don't do that. You should know that by now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to kiss your ass. I'm not here to just be friendly to try to win you over. I'm going to be myself. I'll be myself with Pat Riley. I'll be myself with you. I'll be myself with Jimmy Johnson. I'll be myself with whoever. Okay? That's just the way I roll. You know? And you'll get the best of me and the worst of me. That's just the way. But at least you're going to get me. Not a phony. And that's the way I'm going to keep it. So I'm going to go with stupid. I'm more comfortable with stupid. Okay? I saw a lot of it the first two years. It's not hypercritical. It's stupidity. You could get fooled here. I'll give you a break here. But I got a lot of it in the first two years already. So it's there's a lot of there's a lot of you out there that just don't understand the game of football. That's all. Or basketball or baseball or hockey. You're just emotional and you overreact on stuff and you're really not watching what's actually really going on. So that's just kind of the way it is. Mr. Spock says to add 11 drops and 171 targets for third most in the league. If you add targets tight end for Tua, we should expect the ball to be spread around more. They will add the tight ends. They know. The front office knows. Oh, well, I'm assuming. Uh, but they have to know because they're pretty smart. They have to get a tight end. They have to add a playmaking tight end to this offense. This offense needs a playmaking tight end in order to bring balance to it. So, um, let's see. Uh, oh, no need to get butt hurt. Ha ha. Just asking what part of Tua's game can improve. 
Um, his game is fine. He just made some bad decisions just like the year before. Bad decisions with his body and bad decisions with interceptions. That's the only thing I worry about with him, that he forced too much shit this year. And he needs to tell Mike McDaniel, I'm not doing that anymore. And if you can't get the play in on time, call your own damn play, bro. Screw the coach. Call your own play. Please, Tua, don't be Bam out of bio. Please don't be Bam out of bio. Be your own man. And, you know, that's that's why Russell Wilson lost that Super Bowl. Because he wasn't his own man. When that play calls comes in, you don't even mention it to your teammates in the huddle. Hey, Marshawn, ball to you. Let's win this thing. And that's it. Sometimes you got to do – you You can't keep sitting there going, waiting for, for you know, fra, uh, scatterbrain to figure shit out on the sidelines. So that's that, that would be something that I need him to become – and I've already talked about this. I've already talked about this many times over. He's got to stay away from the turnovers. And he's got to learn to start thinking for himself. I don't know if he'll ever do it because he may have the Russell Wilson disease. He may have the Bam Adebayo disease, you know? And that sucks. I hope he doesn't have the Bam Adebayo disease. Uh, Big O, uh, call your own play, Tua. And the funny thing is he did call his own play with the TD to the bomb on Tua. I know. I know to Hill. I know. I know. But that was again. Remember what you remember what that came from, right? He 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 could not understand what the call was. So he kind of like then assumed and he then called the play that he thought it was. And then it was the touchdown. It's kind of what it is. That's what I'm saying. When when Jimmy took it away from Marino, like you're stupid. Jimmy, you're a moron. But Jimmy was a moron. We already knew that. You know, he didn't want Troy Aikman. He wanted to keep giving Vinny Testaverde the, the, the football. So, you know, Jimmy did a lot of stupid shit, too. His teams were super talented, so he ended up winning. But, you know, game day sometimes, he was like a riverboat gambler. You know, that's kind of the way he coached on the seat of his pants. It wasn't that he was this phenomenal genius or anything like that. Some of it is dumb luck on his part. A lot of it is dumb because you you got Marino and it's like, okay, let me take away your audibles. So now Marino goes to the line and he can't change. And if he sees the defense and he knows exactly what's going on, like you're not going to let him take advantage of it? Stupid. It's dumb. But that's because you wanted to control him and you wanted to get rid of Dan Marino and Wayne Huizinga didn't let you. Just like Flo didn't want Tua, and then they drafted him anyways. So then Jimmy was a dick to Dan. Flo was a dick to Tua. It's amazing how history repeats itself. A lot of the things that happen, happen over and over and over again in life. Uh, Frankie Fresco, thank you for the love on the super chat. Yes, sir, Tua is bam. I said that to you before. I hope not, but the way it's going, oh, Lord. He has the same 
you know, Mr. Nice Guy thing. And you can't be Mr. Nice Guy all the time. You know, being Mr. Nice Guy does not pay off. Um, I've, I've learned that the hard way, actually. Uh, I used to, early on in my life and even business, uh, you try to make everybody happy. And you end up learning that you can't make everybody happy. You'll never make everybody happy. You'll kill yourself. You'll drive yourself literally crazy trying to do that. Just be yourself, man. Those that care about you, love you, will gravitate to you. Those that don't, you know who they are and you move on. You know? Hmm, forgot. I got to get a chest x-ray today. How about that? It's my last thing before I get my operation next week for my foot. Oh, man. What else do we have going on? Uh, let's go through a little uh, music and entertainment. Let's see what we got going on here. Let's start off with the uh, birthdays. If I can actually find it. All right, here we go. Birthdays on January 29th. Uh, Madison Bailey, actress, is 25. Oprah Winfrey is 70. Tom Selleck is 79. Adam Lambert is 42. Charlie Wilson, R&B singer, 71. Uh, da, 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 da. Justin Hartley, actor, 47. Pop singer, ra rag and bone man. I've never heard of him, but he's 39. Heather Graham, actress, is 54. Hmm. Riff Raff, the rapper, is 42. They allow anything in this world. Uh, what else? Sarah Gilbert, TV actress, is 49. Romario, soccer player, 58, and former Miami FC alum. I remember when we had Romario at Tropical Park playing for Miami FC. It was like, it was, I'm like, Am I really here at Tropical Park watching one of the greatest players in the world? I, I, on the back end of his career, and I know he's trying to get that the record for goals or whatever, or something like that, and I think he got it here. But it's like I'm watching Romario in a Miami FC uniform. It was just like it was one of those things that just like, really, am I doing that? Like, is this really happening? It was just like, you know, I know some of you, you don't care about soccer. You, you know, I, I get it, but I do, and I appreciate it. And and I appreciate being able to see Romario. I mean, obviously, you want to see him in his youth, but it was still pretty cool to see Romario and meet Romario. Uh, let's go with music history. In 1967, on this date, concert goers in London got quite a show at the Seville Theater where Jimi Hendrix and The Who both performed. 
a 20-year-old future queen guitarist, Brian May, was in the audience. In 79, on this date, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer disbanded. In 83, on this date, Stevie Nicks married Kim Anderson in L.A. He was the widower of Fleetwood Mac's singer friend Robin Anderson, who passed away from cancer. Nicks admitted she wed Kim so she could take care of Robin's baby. The pair wound up getting divorced the next year. Uh, and in 2008, the Mars Volta released her album Bedlam in Goliath. And that is what happened today in music history. By the way, if you're a Yes fan, John Anderson, I don't know if it'll happen because him and Steve Howe and all that kind of crap. And I don't like this whole thing, how the, the Yes factions are broken up, but uh, John Anderson says he's open to a reunion with Steve Howe and Rick Wakeman. In a new interview with Mojo, the singer says he still considers himself a part of the old of his old band, even though he left Yes in 2008. I was uh, talking my talking to my touring band, the Band Geeks, and said hopefully we can play in London and Steve will get up and do a couple songs with us. Maybe Rick too. It just means talking. When I'm out there singing on my own, I still think I'm part of Yes. They still feel like my songs, and they should be. And it would be nice to see them get back together one more time. I would like to see them together one more time. I got to see them together. Uh, I've seen them apart. I don't really like the version of Steve Howe's Yes, to be quite honest. It, I, I find it kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, even though I love Yes's music, but I... I, I don't tend to gravitate to a lot of their set lists that they end up picking. And the energy is not the same. Uh, I will tell you this, the Trevor Rabin years, the big generator and the 90210 or whatever the hell, 90215 or whatever the, the numbers were for that damn album. Uh, those, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I didn't know a damn thing about Trevor Rabin back in those days. That was my first, you know, like, who the hell is Trevor Rabin? And brother, I became a fan of his. That was an awesome concert. I saw it at the, I saw both tours, the 90210 and the Big Generator at the Hollywood Sportatorium, and they were fantastic. But I would love to see John Anderson. And yes, just one more time. And you know, how Wakeman and Anderson together on a stage one more time doesn't mean much to some of you, but to me, God, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Riff Raff is a rapper. I don't know what he is, bro. Rapper, loser, whatever you want. I've seen the loser on in the news one way or another for something bad or good, or I don't know what the hell it was, or something stupid or something, but I, I know the loser's name. That I, that I do know. Uh, Steve M. Hateful Steve chimes in on Venmo Cash App or Venmo Cash Big O Show. If McDaniel can make this big change he needs to make next year, what's our cap situation like for 25-26 under a new coach, or are we essentially rebuilding? You have two years left before you have to, like, reset big time. But you have two years of flexibility. So McDaniel's not going anywhere. They've got to try to figure it out. They're already in on this. They can't back out anymore. The toothpaste is out of the tube. So you're not going any other way. All right. So by the way, Steve M yesterday, 
before the Lamar Jackson outing. Sure does look like a nice, it's nice to have a mobile QB, but I guess you don't need one, even though the final four teams in the AFC have all mobile QBs, but we'll just keep referencing Breeze as if it matters. First of all, Purdy is not really. I already proven that to you. He doesn't run in two games. So again, Steve M. And Lamar Jackson runs, and what does he run into every year? The offseason. Okay. And Mahomes is the greatest player on the planet. Nobody should be compared to him. Okay. And Jared Goff isn't a runner either. And he got to the NFC championship game. So, you know, you, you sent it a little too early. So then he backs up and he sends another one after it says San Fran's game manager. See, he, he doesn't say mobile anymore is clearly better than ours and even beat Tua his first game. Uh, the amazing inconsistencies of Hateful Steve. That's all right. It's He doesn't have much facts normally. He doesn't really depend on facts. He He's another one of those uh, crazy emotional lunatics like some of you are. Uh, Big O, I was lucky to see yes in the 70s, and to me, they stopped being the real yes when the original basis, oh, yeah, Chris Squire. Chris Squire passed away. Yes. Yes, Chris Squire was a beast. What a great bassist. I mean, Wakeman is a, an amazing keyboardist. Howe is such a gifted guitarist. I mean, there's so many things about yes. It, it's funny because when you see a great team, right, well, there are elements. It's not just Mahomes. It's Chris Jones, right? It's Kelsey. It, it, it's Andy Reid on the sidelines, right? There's There are so many things, right? They're secondary now. McDuffie and these guys are just, I mean, they're brutal, dude. Those guys are tough on receivers. And, and, and there's a reason why you're great. It's not just Mahomes. While we credit him, there are several people that make the world go round. You know, it's not just Mahomes. Mahomes not going to play well if that line in front of him, as you saw in the Super Bowl a couple of, you know, was it four years ago when they got their asses kicked, right? Why did they get their asses kicked? Well, you could give credit to Mahomes all you want, but Mahomes was on his ass that day. Not his fault. They had no line. It's amazing when you see a great band. There's a reason why they're a great band. And it's not just because of the singer or the guitarist, you know, it's because Alex Van Halen is a great freaking drummer. That's why it's not just Eddie Van Halen. And Michael Anthony is a sensationalist bassist and maybe some of the best backup vocals. You know, you look at The Who, okay? You had one of the great drummers of all time. You have one of the great bassists of all time. And you have one of the, maybe Pete Townsend might not be considered one of the greatest guitarists ever. Or maybe he is in your book. I don't have a problem with either one. For me, he's one of the greatest, but maybe not at the top. But when it comes to writing music as a guitarist, he's one of the greatest. That's not even up for debate. And then Roger Daltrey is Roger Daltrey. And give me a break. 
And there's a reason why the band is great. Because more often than not, it's not just one dude. It's several people that make it great. And, and that, that, that's the interesting part about greatness. We get caught up in trying to find the one person we want to give all the credit to, but it, it, it comes in as a, a team effort all the time. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, can we change Hateful Steve's name to Alternative Fact Steve's? The alternative part is you, you have no idea how, how good that goes with him because his politics are as screwed up as it gets. He is as one-sided as it is. He's like a bleeding Democrat, but the opposite, like the, the polar opposite of it. Yeah, polar opposite. It's funny. That's how opposite it is. It's like listening to a bleeding Democrat. Bleeding hard Democrat. Soft ass fool. The bleeding hard Democrat, by the way. Uh, let's see. Hateful Steve is the epitome of throwing mud in the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah, basically, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But it's entertaining. It's entertaining, the stuff I get. All one-sided. Everything. Never, ever objective about anything at all. Never sees the other side of anything. Only his side. Big O, hear me out. Zeppelin, Plant, Page, John Paul Jones, and arguably the greatest drummer of all time, Bonzo. Yeah, you're right. It's a reason why they were great, right? It's just kind of the way it, it, it usually works out that way. You know? It's, it's not just Paul McCartney. There's John Lennon and there's George Harrison. You know what I'm saying? It's not just one guy. <laughs> there are supremely talented individuals all over the place, and that's what it is. And we just have this thing like we are dying to give all the credit to one person, and it's just it's not fair. It really isn't. Uh, let's see. I'm not blaming Tua for anything. I'm not even blaming him for the interception because I am blaming Mike McDaniel for the stupid-ass play calling and game management. His inexperience shows. Yes, it does. His inexperience has been exposed big time, unfortunately, with Mike McDaniel. I, I like him personally, but he's got to start making better decisions. He makes way too many dumb decisions out there way too many dumb decisions and he doesn't have common sense when it comes to calling plays unfortunately you know what he did this in that kansas city game with mostert and i'm like dude you you told the guy you told him you apologized to him and then you said you would change it and then in, in the most important moment you went and did the same shit over and over again like, really, dude? Come on, man. Crazy stuff. Really is. Uh, what else do we have going on? I think I covered pretty much everything. By the way, Browns are hiring uh, Ken Dorsey. Did you guys see that? Well, Tua, Marino, Steve Young, 
um, Jared Goff, Rams, Jared Goff, Detroit, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Brian Dable, Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen, Joe Brady. Kind of helps, right? Having the right coach, somebody that understands your skill set and how to use your skill set. Another example, lots of examples in the history of football on how to use a player and how not to use a player. It's interesting. Keep telling you, Mike McDaniel doesn't know how to use his quarterback right now, not using him the right way. I know the anti people don't want to hear that. That's fine. It's all good. But I mean, you know, you can hear it with all kinds of other quarterbacks, right? I know it's it's all right to say it about Marino. It's all right to say that Steve Young was lost in Tampa and not in San Fran. It's all right to say that Jared Goff was nothing more than a game manager with the Rams, but they actually made him a franchise quarterback in Detroit. You know, it's all right to say it about other quarterbacks, but of course, Uno, you know, it, it can't be happening to Uno. No, you can mismanage Marino, but there's no way of mismanaging Uno. No, sir. Not at all. No, no, no. You can mismanage Rich Gannon. Yeah, you can do that. Maybe maybe Kurt Warner was mismanaged with the Giants. I don't know. Somehow or another, he wasn't with the Rams and the Cardinals. I'm not sure. But environments, you know. But I get it. Environments, intelligence, and play call will never have anything to do with him. He is immune to that. He is supposed to rise and do everything. Tua doesn't need anything around him. He can do it all by himself. Uh, we thank Ira Winderman. And if you missed that, you can go check it out as we uh, talked a little bit about the fake three. We thank uh, Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend that knows how to get it done every single day here on the platform. And we appreciate him immensely, as always. Uh, we are going to have a shooting contest on Wednesday. Top Gun, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. All right, so come on out and join us. 12015 Southwest 114th place, right off of 120th and the Turnpike. Everyone that shows up to participate in the contest will get this, a big old T-shirt. Could be black, could be gray, could be orange, could be aqua. Don't know what, you know, got a variety of colors. So I don't promise you a color, but I do promise you a shirt. If you participate, of course, you can come by and watch and shoot and all that. We're going to have prizes and giveaways. And then the top prize will be a beautiful plaque that we got set up. Can I pull up the, I can pull up the plaque. Can I, is it here? Yeah, I think I got it here. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let us put some boom in it. Let's see. Here we go. I know I posted it yesterday or the day before or something. The uh, tweet with the plaque. The plaque is up for the top shooter on the Big O Radio Show. And hopefully if everything goes well, let's have a big outing so we can have a one every quarter. 
So there it is. I've got it. Take down that billboard. Here we go, Sean. And that's the plaque that is up for you, whoever wins it. There you go. So whoever's the top shooter, you win. And, you know, we'll have some other prizes and giveaways and all that other stuff. So, and we'll have T-shirts and all that. So, come on out, man. Let's have some fun. We're not charging you to be part of it, but it's a great way to check out Top Gun Indoor Range. Maybe you want to buy a holster, a safe. Uh, maybe you want to buy a gun. You never know. Maybe you need to buy ammo. Maybe archery. If you're in archery, they've got an archery uh, range there also, which is really cool. They're the only indoor archery range in Dade County, which is actually really cool. I want to. I want to get to. Uh, I want to start learning. And, and trying to get better at archery because uh, I definitely suck at it. I remember getting uh, making my own bow and arrow when I was a kid back in the day. You get the branch, the string, and all that, and you're trying to make them bad, them terrible bows and arrows. Anyway, you just watch Robin Hood on WCIX, and you're like, oh, I got to go make one for me. That's, uh, that's kind of the way it went. Anyway, we uh, thank Ira Winderman and Sean Stanley. We thank all of you that tuned in and sent in a super chat. We appreciate you. Cash app or Venmo anytime you're listening. Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash app or Venmo. And, of course, you can always make a Bitcoin donation anytime you're listening. Always appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Same bad channel.